just everything to me. Say that on the podcast. What were you just saying, young Tony Hinchcliffe? That I love fanny packs, and I've been using them continuously. Yeah, that's right, folks. Don't get scared. The, the Illuminati and the elite, they want to keep you from embracing the fanny pack. They want to they, they want to emasculate you. It's probably not them. That's like Somebody. our group name. You've heard of the Rat Pack or the Fanny Pack. <laughs> Brian's never dared one. Oh, yeah, I have yours. You I, wear wear it all, I wear it all the time. I've never seen you wear it. But you know what's cool is those little ones that stretch. Have you ever seen those? Like oh, super those. small and they like stretch big. So you could put like a, a couple things in it or noth- nothing and you can't really see it. Yeah, those things are good for jogging. Mm-hmm. They, they, they pull tight to you. It's a smaller pocket though. Can't See, the thing with these things is if you travel as much as we do, you just have all your shit in that thing and you just drop it off. Just take any thought out of your head you might have about getting laid. Yeah, that won't be happening <laughs> if you are a single person. You're a single man. Single girl could pull it off. We don't give a fuck. No girl need to, had a fanny pack would not make her any less hot. No need to put a condom in a fanny pack. You'll never use it. <laughs> <laughs> Your fanny pack though isn't really cheesy or anything. It's actually cool looking. It's, it's roots it's slim. It's uh, we sell them. They put a higher primate logo on it. Roots does, but it's a roots fanny pack. They uh, are the ones that Dice was wearing. That's how I found out about it. Dice came in, and I had instant fanny pack envy. I was like, what do you have here? What do you have? Oh, this is the one I got. Oh, (laughs) for fucking Canada. When I'm in the line at TSA, I eyeball everybody that's emptying their pockets. I just look at everybody, and then I snap and drop it like a mic into the thing so that everybody just saw me. And it zips up. Your pockets don't zip up. It's better. Everything falls better. out of pockets on an airplane. There's yeah. something about it. It's, I've worn it on stage maybe four times. You've worn it on stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wore it on stage in Utah. It gets in the way, though. You're flopping around. You're moving too much. Yeah, there's certain places where I, I can't wear a fanny pack. The only way it would work is if you actually moved it to your fanny. And there's just something about that that's not going to happen. Yeah. If you're going to have a fanny pack, it's got to be in the front. And waterproof. Waterproof fanny packs might be next. Why not shower with it? <laughs> Bar of soap in there, pull it out. If you have like a secret and you keep it in that fanny pack, mm-hmm. it's like a picture of your dick or something like that. You don't want anybody having it? An actual physical picture. <laughs> what was the one Bobby Kelly always had, was wearing? It was like one that went over your shoulder. Bandolero. Bandolero. What is it? It's like a Bandolero. Fanny, fanny pack that's on your chest. It's like for people who are scared of wearing a fanny pack, so they pretend they're world travelers with skinny soles. You know those dudes who wear like suede shoes of muted colors with thin soles? Yeah. You know those kind of guys? And they have like skinny pants on, and then they'll wear like a satchel. I have a satchel. I just got back from Buenos Aires. It's amazing this time of year. Yeah. That guy wore a satchel. I like to take those people's satchels from them and just wear them around my waist. Did you just turn my satchel into a fanny pack? It's more of a butcher's apron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's something about them. They, for whatever reason, not only do they not catch on, they became gross. Like, fanny packs are gross. They're way more than didn't catch on. Ooh, this man has a satchel. This man is very involved in UNICEF and uh, the Red Cross. He goes to foreign lands and... (laughs) Delivers malaria medicine. <laughs> right? Look at that guy. Uh, oosh. There's something about you. When I'm not on the Big Bang Theory, I carry around my satchel. I gotta blow a guy to get this roll. 
What's in that satchel? Just a bunch of dicks. Like, just what's, <laughs> pubic hair and dicks. It's, it's filled with cum. It's Thirteen pounds of cum. It's sloshless when he walks. All right. How much? Would, how much do you think it would weigh if that was filled with cum? How heavy is cum? Uh, it's a little <laughs> thicker than water, so probably right. about nine pounds. Gallon of milk. Nine pounds. Well, I should know. I've I've seen uh, an ask. I had we had pictures of cum on Fear Factor. It was actual pictures. What kind of cum? It was donkey cum. Oh, yeah. man. Donkey cum's the cheapest cum you can get because donkeys are hybrids and they're not viable. So that donkey cum is just useless. Wow. When you had that much cum, did it separate? Like, was there like a you top? You didn't have to blend it. No, nope. you didn't have to shake it like a lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a curdle at the top. Scoop off. No, no, you didn't have to shake it. I know what you're talking about. Like some of those uh, energy drinks that you mix in a in a water bottle and then it settles to the bottom. Yeah. You gotta... No, cum is just cum. It's basically cocksnot. There it is. Oh, no. Those girls had one of them drank a glass of cum and one drank a glass of urine. It's the, what, like, there's two times ever doing that show where I, where I was like, what in the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't do this. Like, you guys are going too far. Oh. Jeez, that's, that's a, a that's so, donkey cum? Donkey yeah. cum. A whole beer mug full of donkey cum. Oh, God, I missed that Somebody show. sat down. This is, this is how crazy this show was. Somebody <laughs> sat down, said, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. And started pitching that people would have to drink donkey cum it blows then, my mind that it was on nbc yeah and then other people <laughs> said yeah that i like what you're saying makes sense let's like, do it nbc is as mainstream as it gets like hey as, after you're done enjoying donkey cum watch the ugh. nightly news with tom brokaw <laughs> God, as mainstream as possible and the girl did it oh she's pretending like it. she didn't love it though she liked it oh it's not even her first time drinking donkey dude cum. it was so ridiculous that's a shit I would love to have seen. <laughs> the donkey there? <laughs> Such a ridiculous show. Show is so silly. That's overkill, like being able to look at the donkey. Oh, the guy. <laughs> I love that you're just yelling at these guys. Come on, chug it! That guy just chugged oh. it so quick. Oh. Now they're hugging, Don't they're getting hug cum on each other. <laughs> so strange. It's just, it's so, then they get to throw up. They have, they have to hold it in their mouth for like a few seconds or something. Oh. His buddy's throwing up and he didn't even drink it. I don't need to relive oh this, Jay. We could stop this yeah. right now. This is so unnecessary. It's incredible. It's just amazing that that was an actual show. You know, it was, it's amazing, as amazing to me as it is to anybody that was watching it. It doesn't even feel like it was me. Like, I, I watch it now, and even though I know it was me, I'm like, I didn't do that. It's crazy because most shows, like, for comedians to host suck and aren't fun at all. You know what I mean? But you, that show seems like it was, you were surprised. Like, it's like, you get to watch, you're like, oh, we're making these people drink donkey cum today? Like, how do you not enjoy that? It's hard. It's hard to drink. You gotta help these people. You gotta root them on. Out of all the things on Fear Factor, did you ever like sample anything? Like dip your finger in anything and try it? Or yeah, I ate a bunch of shit. Um, the first episode, I felt bad. The people had to eat sheep's eyeballs. So I said I would eat one too. Wow. Just for a goof. But I don't even think we put that on camera. I just said I'll do it for you guys. Did it taste? Because it felt bad. It's a sheep joke. Son of a bitch! You fucking can't help yourself. You literally can't help yourself. No, it didn't taste that bad. It was not that big a deal. It's more of in your head than anything. Um, I ate a tomato hornworm. 
Again, all in your head. The actual taste, not that bad. That, not that, that big a deal. That w- those were the big ones. That, big like the juicy that green popped thing. in your mouth. Yeah, it exploded in my mouth. It didn't, didn't taste bad at all. It's like nothing. Um, cockroach. I ate a big-ass cockroach. Uh, what was that? A like? Madagascar hissing cockroach. Oh, was it alive? Well, there was a young lady that was on the show, and she was going to get kicked off if she didn't do something else. Like, she had to do something to stay in the show. And it was all for charity, right? So, because it was a celebrity fear factor. Uh, Allison Sweeney, I believe her name is, from Days of Our Lives. And uh, so I said, look, if you eat one of these uh, roach, I don't know who, who came up with this idea. Someone in the the office. She's hot. I'm like, if you eat one of these roaches, you can stay. And she said, uh, I can't eat a roach. I go, what about a worm? I go, what about two worms? I think like we made a deal. Like she, Maybe she ate two worms or something like that. And I had to eat a roach. So stupid. It's just such a ridiculous show. But anyway, the oh. point is, this this roach tasted like nothing. It's like, oh. there's nothing. <laughs> Look at you, you oh. got it. <laughs> it made me cough because of like, <laughs> it's like all the little legs. All the, I was kind of, I think. <laughs> but all the little legs and the parts and stuff. Oh. Why? Why would you do that? Oh, gross. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ooh, a Baldwin brother. Yeah, the Baldwin brother. <laughs> wow. Steven. He's a nice guy. Very nice guy. I would have loved to have seen he him. He won. He did? Yeah, he won. Yeah. He was a funny dude. He's all ate up with the Jesus, though. He's with pro-Jesus? Oh, all, all up with Jesus. Wow. Yeah, he's like a big Jesus, like a proselytizer. He does, like, retreats and shit or something like that. Huh. Very Jesus-oriented individual, but a happy guy. Very nice guy. Yeah. Kirk Cameron style. No, not that far. No? Kirk Cameron's in some wacky place where they, you know, look at a banana and they go, this has to be a sign of God. Look how the banana fits in your hand. It is the perfect shape. Note how it peels. Designed by the creator himself to fit in your hand. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. Ray Comfort explains a banana. We got to watch this because this is his boy. Like these two guys, they get together and they don't fuck. They just look at each other and they want to, and no one does anything, and they just keep doing it night after night. They just talk about Jesus and stare into each other's eyes. But this is his buddy that he does. Daniel Baldwin. No, no, no. Oh. The other one, Kirk Cameron. Oh, this yeah. is his buddy. Oh, it's geez. like off the deep end, Jesus guy. And this is the guy that he show, he holds up a fucking banana, <laughs> and it's it's the atheist nightmare. He says. He's like, this is a banana, and it is the atheist Behold, nightmare. The atheist's nightmare. <laughs> if you study a well-made banana, you'll find on the far side, roughly ridges. On the close side, two ridges. If you get your hand ready to grip a banana, you'll find on the far side, there are three grooves. On the close side, two grooves. The banana and the hand are perfectly made one for the other. You'll find the maker of the banana, almighty God, has made it with a non-slip surface. It has outward indicators of inward contents, green, too early, yellow just right, black too late. Now if you go to the top of the banana, you'll find as with the soda can makers, they placed a tab at the top, so God has placed a tab at the top. When you pull the tab, the contents don't squirt in your face. You'll find the wrapper, which is biodegradable, has perforations. Notice how gracefully it sits over the human hand. Notice it has a point at the top for ease of entry. It's just the right shape of the human mouth. It's chewy, easy to digest. And it's even curved toward the face to make the whole process so much easier. 
Seriously, Kurt, the whole of creation testifies to the genius of God's creative oh. heart. Wow. Kurt was about to jump in. Oh, you just totally made sense. <laughs> what you said wasn't fucking ridiculous at all. Look how Jesus designed this banana. Does that get us kicked off YouTube? We're going to have to edit that out. We're going to have to edit it out. Yeah, most likely. It's not our content. And we don't want to get booted off YouTube. But um, Ray Comfort Banana. Google it. It's awesome. God, it's awesome. All the God shit to the side. Like, it is sort of crazy if you think about fruits how amazing they are like it's like it's a trick candy in a wrapper already you know well it's a it's like a delivery system trick it's like there's seeds inside these plants and if you eat it it goes through your body you shit it out so it like literally comes with manure like it's got a seed it's got some manure it's got shit so the seed can grow in it's like literally comes out with fertilizer there's a wow. way especially with like animals like undulates like cows and stuff like that like they're shitting out like almost like mulch. They're shitting out compost. I mean, they, you take cow's shit and you take that shit and you grow things with it. I mean, it's a great fertilizer. People use it on their crops. So it's in a lot of ways, I, I would imagine, this is just me thinking, that this is what it is. It's like some sort of a, a, like a transportation device for seeds, right? Doesn't that make sense? It's crazy. I never thought of it that way, though. They're like animals eat the seeds and then they, they're pooping out. Next thing. Bananas don't have seeds. No, don't. They don't, do they? If, if it was really Jesus's, if it was really an atheist nightmare, I think there'd be seeds in no, there. No, it's seedless. Beautiful. If bananas had seeds, they'd be bunk, man. Fits in the mouth perfect. I wonder if that <laughs> dummy knows that we've actually like changed the shape of bananas. <laughs> go go look at a wild banana. Those little scrubby ass, bitch ass bananas. Those aren't like those dull bananas. Mm -hmm. Those big whopper bananas were like, Jesus, those GMO bananas yeah, that you just can get now. with steroids. <laughs> They're like a 10 year old's arm. Like yeah. th these GMO bananas are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, the Brock Lesnar of bananas. Yeah, tell that to Ray Comfort. He doesn't understand agriculture. Silly fuck. The way Jesus made this banana is incredible, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> It's just such a strange argument, but it's just, if that's what you want to believe, if you really want to believe that God designed a banana so perfectly to let you know that it's food, explain coconuts. Coconuts are fucking awesome for you. It's so hard to get to them. You got to chop through that husk and pull away all that bullshit that's on the outside. Climb a huge tree first. You got to crack them open and then you got to, you got to take the milk out and the meat and you got to like scoop the meat of it up. And if you want to get the oil... Oh, you want to take all that coconut and turn it into coconut oil? Oh, well, what a pain in the dick that's going to be. Yeah. Have you seen, like, the certain foods that are going to get more and more expensive because of global warming and stuff like that? Like, the price of chocolate and the price of coffee is just going to go through the roof. Pistachios, I guess, this year are, like, we're, like on a shortage so you're gonna see like pistachios like double in price in the next couple months mm. it's really weird like what foods are on like the endangered species list almost maybe we shouldn't live in a place that's really fucking hot right now when the earth is getting hotter <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean what the fuck is la gonna be like la's gonna be like phoenix right mm -hmm. like phoenix is like a bump hotter than la definitely wouldn't you say yeah a lot, lot yeah like a bump hard. a good solid bump but everything's shifted. Earthquakes, hurricanes, everything's kind of like... Oklahoma had an earthquake the other day. You know, it's Yeah, just but that's because of fracking. fracking. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, is, uh, that is no joke, man. They're, the, having, they're having so many earthquakes because of fracking. Well, I think Oklahoma just put some... Well, they put a pause yeah. 
They did. I don't know if it's a pause on drilling new wells or it's a pause on, like, it can't be a pause on operating the wells. I think it is. I think it's like 41 different fracking sites. Oh, really? Well, like let's that. find out what it is. Out. Young Jamie. They're going crazy with fracking. Ohio's been doing it, and they've Wait, been getting earthquakes, isn't too. Isn't it crazy? It's like we get most of the oil now, I guess, from the, from Earth here, from America. Oklahoma orders shutdown of 37 wells after earthquake. Fuck, man. Ooh. That's crazy. Good Lord. And then there's been, like, the Iraqi... Look, look, look how hot this girl is. Yeah, it's so hot. Telling you the news. That's the new thing. Is All really newscasters <laughs> are super hot. CNN has this, like, supermodel lady... She's beautiful. Have you ever seen the Fox News girls? They're all play, like play this seven and, feet tall let's blonde. Let's not listen to her, but let's, let's watch her face move. The Mexi- yeah, they're just getting the hottest women. The Mexican weather girl with a butt. Oh, my oh God. My. <laughs> I've seen that lady. I love her. That's ridiculous. But that's kind of like a gimmick, right? And that's Mexico. What's, this is CNN. Like this is, they're, they're just hiring the best looking people. Yeah, you know. The super of- sexy, mm. light-skinned black chick. Beautiful lips. And she's talking to this man. Well, I believe in Jesus, and Jesus wants us to dig oil. Look at my tie. Look at my haircut. It's conservative, as is my approach to language. Ma'am, you won't hear me using any forbidden words. You know, we need to keep the oil prices low. The way to keep the oil prices low is to continue safe and ethical fracking. And that's what we're going to do. Meanwhile, get back to the hot chick. Mm -hmm. Let me see her face. You don't get to see it. What the fuck are they doing? Like all these shows, like Fox News, and all the there's there's got to be something to like the fact that propaganda being delivered by someone who is so hot you just want to stare at them. Oh yeah, like those those Fox Ice Queens. Totally. There's a bunch of them that are just like they're so hot you just want to look at their face like little kids get compelled to look at pretty women's faces oh yeah fox news has a bunch of stuff strategically to keep you watching like spinning things and it's all like it's all mental dude we were watching once and who was it was it the megan kelly lady that was crossing and uncrossing her legs like 30 fucking times yeah and she's wearing this little skirt fine enough it might not have been her might have been one of those other hotties that was hot. One of those other Fox hotties. But it was ridiculous because she's wearing literally like, she's got a napkin over her vagina. Oh, my God. It's a small napkin. I mean, it's not as much of a skirt at all. She has these super long legs and high heels on. And she's doing the shrink, shrink, shrink. Does she have a little bush? Could you see her? Uh, no, you don't get a chance to see. She's very, very calculated. Very, very calculated. But if I was sitting with a dude who moved his legs that much, I'd be like, bro, are you okay? Why yeah. you keep crossing your legs like a fucking cricket? You trying to sing me a song? Right. <laughs> you see the you see the girl that was twerking and her butt popped open in her underwear. Yes, yeah, that I was did a good see one that. Too. That was a good. <laughs> one. Was that on uh, Fox News? No, I don't think that's related. I don't think Brian watches Fox News. So they say no. Fox News is hurting. So I keep hearing Fox News is hurting. I watch Reuters. And uh, who was it that was saying that they had heard? Fuck, I'm trying to remember who was telling me this. Was it you? Were you telling me the uh, thing about uh, Trump and uh, yeah, yeah, a, a television network? I it was trying to remember what where I heard it, and it was I think it was a radio show or something. But that there's a lot of those like a lot of people he's added like Sean Hannity, and I think the guy that's taken over his campaign that used to run Fox are taking over his spot. And I don't know how they're going to transition if he loses, but that a Trump news channel is going to be started up next year well, at the end of this year. Trump like, news channel, twenty four hour Trump. Here's what he does. Like if he's if he was smart. I mean, he's obviously smart, right? He's obviously really good at making money. He's obviously, whatever you can say about the outrageous shit that he says, 
That guy's ridiculously successful. Yep. Ridiculously, right? I mean, yeah, his dad gave him a big loan to start out with, but what the fuck ever. At the end of the day, that guy's ridiculously, ridiculously successful. If he wanted to open like a television cable network and use that as a platform to set him up for four years from now, do you know like the kind of fucking shit that he would say about like Hillary and like other candidates that no one would have the balls to say? Like he takes it to this non-political place. You know, like he insults Hillary Clinton all the time. He calls her crooked Hillary. Has there ever been pr two presidential candidates where one of them had nicknames for all the other people? No, he's a genius. He made fun of everybody. It's, Lion Ted. Who but was? He, and he keeps repeating it and it becomes like it's that's who she is. That's crooked Hillary. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's amazing what he did. If she just started calling him like Orange Donald or something, it'd be killer. She could really fire back. She needs a little like roast help because he's digging well, in deep. It's not just that. There's an uncomfortable sound that she makes when she speaks, when she gives speeches. Mm -hmm. they're, these, they're not soothing and they don't draw you in. Like as much as she is way more qualified to be a leader than he is, right? Knows way more about foreign policy, knows way more about how Washington works. She's deep, right? Like, she'd be a way more qualified leader. There's something about the quality of her voice. She needs to drink some Donkey Cum. Oh, how dare Which, by the way, is like, the, isn't that the if Democratic... She wins, uh, I think you're going to jail for that. Uh, yeah. That's the Democratic... Uh, I like her just Slogan, because right? she at least has Bill. The you know? But Bill's of, not Bill anymore, man. He's Bill enough. Bill's stay. Uh, he's Bill enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of the stand back and take naps in the background guy now. Have you noticed that? Yeah. There was a speech he was giving. And he was falling asleep in the middle of the speech, and you know he's just in really poor health. Apparently, his body's just not doing so well. That's what happens when the blowjobs stop. You can't have fun anymore. You just can't help yourself. I mean, it's true. He was a machine back in the day, and now he just like, came too much. Yeah. He's all dried out. Mm -hmm. I ain't got nothing left. <laughs> just dried out. Just shot so many loads. Poor guy. Um. Well, he was a two-term president. I wouldn't say poor guy. He was the best. Guy made a, a mad run for it. I mean, regardless of all the dick pulling out and all that stuff, he's a madman. What do you expect from a madman? That's I, a, he's doing some madman type shit. All I remember is everybody was taking vacations, owning houses, and gas prices were like 45 cents a gallon. Right. So, I mean, he should... I, don't, I know. don't know enough. I don't know enough about the economic cycles, but I do know that the people that are smart that talk about it say that there's like these upturns and downturns that you can almost calculate. They're just going to happen. And that this uh, we have a weird economy and that... These people that are the experts, they can kind of predict how things start happening and deregulation moves things along a little bit and this moves things along. Tax incentive moves things a little along a little further. Uh, but then somewhere along the line, the house of cards comes falling down. And they, um, they say the big one was, you know, like with the, the mortgage crisis of 2008, we avoided an even bigger one with the commercial real estate crisis like they were they were saying that they were worried about that more than anything because if you drive down like any place in the valley just go drive down the valley and look at all the buildings for sale look at all the buildings for lease it's it's way more than you used to see like as you're driving down you see available for re for lease available you know, for sale available 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 you see available like all over the fucking place like that could fall apart too man apparently that's a big one 
apparently there's like a lot of people that are like leveraging all these commercial properties and moving things around, selling things here, but there's a lot of vacant office shit. Well, there's like this whole like flip your house movement too, mm. you know, and those channels, like when I'm at hotels and stuff, you end up, I end up sticking on it and like, they're like trying to convince everybody that they can just go buy a house and flip it and sell it, yeah. make money. It's so easy. Look, you just come in, tear down a wall, and then sell it for twice as much more. Yeah, they're characters too, right? They're all like, uh, I'm going to do my own grout. Yeah. Now they're laying tiles and shit. Right. And then they edit it down to make it look like it took 12 seconds yeah. on a TV. <laughs> this old house, remember that? That was one Fuck of my yeah. favorite shows growing up with Bob, Bob Vila. Vila. And yeah. that's pretty much the original Flipping House show, but they made it a whole story almost. Mm. It went on for days. What happened to Bob Vila? Is he alive? That's <clears throat> a good question. That is a good question. That I guy forgot was about him. Like huge. Me too. He was a hero. Yeah, this old house was, <laughs> that was like a giant show, yeah. right? Mm hmm. Well, at least it was for me growing up because we watched it every day. That and Antique Roadshow is another one that I just love on PBS. It was oh, for me still, too. Oh. He's still rocking. That might not be real. One million followers. It is. Look at him. Verified. Handsome, handsome bastard. He looks exactly the same. Cleaner AC coils mean higher efficiency and lower energy bills. How clean are yours? I just had that one of those air conditionings <laughs> fuck me for life. And Fucked you? Yeah, because it has like a drain and it's supposed to be tilted a little mm -hmm. so it could drip out. Mine was dripping the other way. Like I didn't even know it was going underneath my carpet. So now it got underneath uh, to my wood floors, and now there's big buckles. So when you walk, it's like speed bumps underneath my carpet. And oh, I'm no. fucked. And there's probably black mold in there. I'm probably going to die. Is that how black mold is from that, right? Like water? It's from moisture. <laughs> yeah, from water damage. But it has to be present. You know, it has to be present, and then it can grow. Like, uh, I know, uh, well, Tom Likas was a big one because he would talk about it on television or uh, on the radio, rather. Like, his, his whole house had to be gutted, like, down to the studs. Shit. That was in Hollywood. He's feeling like shit for years. Just, like, just health was poor, just really didn't have any energy, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And um, they brought in a black mold specialist, and they're like, dude, your fucking house is infected. Oof. So yeah. he's breathing in all these spores. Wow. These black mold spores just being poisoned all the time. Do they have home tests for that? I bet mm -hmm. you anything I have yeah. so much black mold. Black mold no, matters. They have people, <laughs> you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of Still a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep you, an eye on it. You can't help the jokes. They come. They just come. Um, yeah, man. I think um, they, they do a lot of testing for it. You should probably get it checked out. Mm. Some people have it, man. I mean, do you ever, you ever see the one of uh, Jim Norton? Jim Norton was it Jim and Bobby. Jim and Bobby Kelly lived in an apartment, and they had black mold on the wall so bad that you would take the oh, picture right. off the wall, and it was just like you could see it all over behind the picture. It's probably not. Is, is it as common, though, in Los Angeles since we're a desert and everything's dry? You know, It's, it's a good question. I think if there's water, like if you have water damage, like say if you have a leaky pipe or something like that for long periods of time, see that shit dripping down? That's black mold juice, those oh lines. My God. Now watch, they pick up the, uh, it's um, Cribs, Jim Norton, is uh, if you want to find it. That's the video. And they say, brace yourself. Oh, so they push it aside. Oh, my God. And the fucking wall is just covered with black mold behind the photo. I mean, like someone spray painted all over it. You need a priest to come in and give an exorcist to Ugh. your house. How, how did it happen, though? Like, what was just, leaking? They're slobs. They're fucking slobs. Who knows? Somebody might have come on that picture. You know, it's Jim Norton. Who the hell knows? He's a savage. Look at him. God. Playing chess, listening to CDs. CDs. That's pretty much your apartment, Red Band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looks like my apartment. Every comedian's apartment. 
pretty much every comedian. Ugh, ridiculous people. Yeah, that black mole's no joke. Don't get it in your life, Tony Hinchcliffe. Mm-mm. I keep an eye on all the black, all the black mold. Yeah, it's um. I don't think is is there more than one variety of black mold? No. And does it have to be like water damage for a long time? Because I'm sure if it's question. underneath my carpet, it probably dried out. You know, if I caught yeah. it, could be. Know, could it. be. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know. You know, I know uh, that mold and spores thrive in moist conditions. You know, like the forest. But I have no idea, man. That's creepy stuff. It's creepy. Like a- yeah, the fungus and mold and shit like that. It's just so weird. There's like these these life forms that live on life forms. You know, they like you leave your uh, a pear, leave it sitting around somewhere and forget about it. Come back in a couple of days, and it's got this little green civilization growing on it. Like, wh- who are you? Where'd you guys come from? Like, what are you doing here? What do you do? Unlike the banana, which has a skin that protects <laughs> it from these things, because Jesus loves bananas. You gave him a southern accent, even though he's from New Zealand. Interesting. I don't it's an interesting choice. I had a bunch of mold the other day. It's <laughs> late at night, and we bought strawberries. And, oh. you know, like underneath the strawberry was like green and stuff. I had no idea because it was dark. And I was just like oh. eating strawberries. And the next day, uh, I go in to get some more, and I'm like, they're all moldy. I'm like, was I eating mold? Yeah. Was. You were eating moldy strawberries yeah. in the dark? Yeah. Man. It's Mold. probably not even that bad for you. Nah, it's, it's probably just all in your head. <laughs> I mean, otherwise people would be dying left and right, right? Right. Because right. everybody eats strawberries and doesn't pay attention. Or blueberries. Blueberries, they always have fucking mold on them. Cheese. Sometimes blueberries have mold like right when you buy them. Like you buy them and bring them home. You're like, fuck, you're already moldy? Yeah. Trader Joe's. A lot of times cheese, too. Like you'll eat a slice of cheese and now you realize half of it's white and green. <laughs> Mm. Well, some cheese is supposed to be that way. <laughs> no, that's just you, Brian. <laughs> Nobody else is eating green cheese. Well, what, where are you leaving your cheese? Remember, my mom would always say, "Just pull off the mold part, and yeah. just you know, it's still good." I wonder if that's true. You ever pull yeah, a piece imagine. of cheese out of the glove compartment and it's green? You're eating it. I just don't think that the the kind of mold that we're talking about is toxic. I just bet it's not. Like Jamie, look up mold on strawberries. Is it okay to eat moldy food? What does it say? May, ca- may have invisible bacteria along with the mold. Yes, some molds cause allergic reactions, respiratory problems, and a few molds in the right conditions produce mycotoxins, poisonous substances that can make you sick. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay, just Google strawberries, moldy strawberries. Can you eat moldy strawberries? Oh, God. Google, can Brian Redband eat moldy strawberries? So you've done something like this before, like your fruit had mold, and it's just like, I just bought this also. So have you ate mold also, Joe? Oh, I'm sure I have. Quick answer. The most likely result of eating moldy fruit is absolutely nothing unless the person eating the mold is allergic. However, while the majority of molds are not dangerous, moldy fruit is more likely to be spoiled, and spoiled fruit may cause illness. Because mold may form on fruit without the fruit spoiling, simply cutting the moldy area off is also a solution. Most molds are not harmful. Some are even beneficial. In fact, mold is actually a form of fungus similar to mushrooms. Mold grows in damp environments and fruit skin, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I've always been scared of mold. Mm -hmm. Well, fungus in general is a freaky, freaky organism because it's not really a plant. A fungus actually breathes in oxygen and breathes out carbon dioxide. And they say it's closer to an animal than it is to a plant in, like, 
what it is, like what kind of a being it is. Very, very bizarre. Well, what magic mushrooms does to the brain, I mean, there's yeah. definitely some stuff going on there. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a, that feels like you're communicating with like, uh, it's like you tap in through this organism to this matrix of like, not just like plant intelligence, but the intelligence of the actual earth itself. It feels like almost like you're being transmitted in a way where you can now understand all these things that are around you all the time, but they're muted because you just you just lack the ability to perceive them. Like yeah. the earth itself, like we walk around and we're like, wow, it's so pretty today. But do, do you really, you don't really feel what the earth is the way you feel it when you're on mushrooms. When you're on mushrooms, you, like, you feel the actual grass as like a type of an organism. There's a thing like this, the grass, it stops being like a couple of leaves and some dirt and some water. It, it, and then it becomes instead this feeling like you're, you're connected to this, like almost like, like a, like a circuit, you know, like a biological circuit. That's what like a beautiful thick lawn feels like when you're on mushrooms. Yeah. Like when you're standing in it, you feel like you're connected to this very strange life form. And that's, that is what it is. I mean, it's not, that's not even a hallucinatory sort of uh, feeling. But I think pretty much everybody that that does any sort of psychedelic, plant-based psychedelic, like mushrooms, animal-based, whatever you would want to call it, fungus-based, you reach these weird places where you go, well, okay, am I talking to that thing? Did I eat that thing and that thing's talking to me now? Like, is it is it communicating with me through me digesting it? Is that what's happening? Does it let me go into some strange dimension when I eat it? It is amazing. I miss this year's Shroom Fest. I, that's normally the one time a year where I do it. We go out in the desert, but I had like I was on the road or something, and I miss it, man. I'm, I'm overdue for one. Like it's like you'll be so connected to the universe, and you feel it, and you you feel you know you just try to remember what happened. Like you try to stay in that, but it goes away, and it's amazing because like you're out in the desert, or at least that's where I normally do it, and you're looking at the rocks, and like the moon and the stars are just beaming out there. And you'll f feel, you know, as lost in the universe as ever. And then all of a sudden you'll hear like one of your buddies fart. You'll <laughs> come back and laugh for 20 minutes straight about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange um, life form. Very strange thing that you take into your body that does that. There's a gang of them too. It's just so weird. So I don't, you know, I really don't know what's going on with that. Isn't it crazy that it comes from cow poop? Like, yeah, well, that's where it grows. It doesn't really come from it, but it uh, it grows really good on it because the uh, the stomach of a cow, I guess, the double ungulate, you know, they make that stuff, that manure. It's just so rich for things to grow in it. So rich. Did I do the thing with my finger? It's a spicy meatball. It's Italian. The, the kind of fucking manure that you're going to need to grow these mushrooms. This is the manure. These cows, they just eat alfalfa all day. Alfalfa. It's delicious. <laughs> mushrooms just grow when duncan went to school duncan went to school in super hippieville he uh he grew up in uh asheville north carolina which is a fucking great town have you ever work asheville mm -mm. you gotta come with me to asheville asheville's fucking it i, I almost don't want to tell people about it because i don't want people moving there and ruining it because it's like a you could walk around like it's a small town but the people are cool as fuck like and it's like a part of the community of the college of the university, and the university's super lefty, 
super lefty, like super hippies, super all like Duncans, like yeah. living up there in the mountains of North Carolina in like some of the most beautiful landscape you're ever going to see in your life. Just out and out amazing scenery, incredible scenery. I, and, I love that there's still places like that. Yeah. Like dude. it's crazy. Like my buddy, little Andy with the glasses, he's from South Carolina and he went home to visit his family and he's walking around a park with his mom and Bill Murray's just sitting on a bench. Where like was just it? chilling wherever in South Carolina where Bill oh, Murray that's lives. Funny. That's where he's from too. I thought Bill Murray lived in like the, up the upper, uh, on the, what on the, the East river or one of the rivers. He lives like upstate New York. Like there was a whole Anthony Bourdain episode about it. He lives like way the fuck up there, up a river. Maybe he was just hanging out. In Maybe this he place. lives in a bunch of places. Yeah, I think Maybe so. he's just a baller. Yeah. Bill Murray, Anthony. Oh, Beauty of Charleston, North, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Oh, you know what? That's right. This was the new episode that he did. He moved to a new place. And Bill Murray does not have a girlfriend. He's like this dude. He's like, yep, yeah, I'll just be by myself. Just leave me alone, please. I'm just going to go have my life. Yeah. He did this uh, interview about it where he's talking about it. He's like, ah, I'm not really interested in all that goes along with that. <laughs> he did it, man. He's the coolest ever. <laughs> he's a great, great representative of cool. The leader of the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> they killed him in the new movie. What? what? The new Ghostbusters movie. They killed Bill Murray. Oh, well. They can go kill themselves because I'm never watching yeah, that garbage pile. He's a bad guy. I didn't know. Really? And they kill him. Uh. He's a skeptic. He's a, it's like the whole thing. It's very, very what? That's what it's like. It's like what? My point was about Asheville is that there were so many kids getting high off mushrooms off of these cows because they're up in this farm area and it's raining all the time. Everything's wet as fuck. It's lush and green. And these mushrooms just grew like weeds everywhere. And it was so bad that they had to give the cows food, that sp special food that made their, their manure so that the mushrooms, if they did grow in them, they wouldn't be potent. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't work. I remember when we were in college, we'd get go to certain places and get trash bags worth of mushrooms because some areas, uh, just because of the weather and the the farms and stuff like that, it just grew mushrooms like like crazy. You got to be so careful yeah. though with mushrooms, like what you're taking. Like if you think it's one kind of mushroom, but it's another kind of mushroom, there's some mushrooms that'll kill you in seconds. That happened recently on this uh, old folks' home. These. Uh, these old folks were uh, hanging out, and this lady went out and, and gathered up some mushrooms. She's probably out of her fucking head on, you know, what kind of Alzheimer's medicine or anything they, they give them. Like, when you're in old folks' homes, dude, they will throw some pills down your throat. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you get to choose how fucked up you want to be all day. And so this lady's out there picking mushrooms and uh, just got a gang of poison ones, <laughs> cooked them all up for everybody, and everybody died. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. She cooked them at the old folks' home, brought them back? Yeah, she cooked them for the old folks at the old folks' home, just whacked the whole crew. Man. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how many people died, but it was more than one. Did you hear about all those people dying from Two heroin? Two elderly women die, four people sickened after eating wild mushrooms, yeah, so crazy shit. Did you hear about all those people dying from heroin overdoses because there was a bad batch of heroin in like Ohio or something and like 41 people have overdosed on like the same heroin or something. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. Yeah. Did you hear about that? What, how do you say that stuff? Kratom? How do you say it? Kratom? K-R-A-T-O-M? How do you say it? 
would say you're probably close. Kratom, 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 maybe Kratom. I don't know how to say it. I've never said it, but I've read about it a lot. And uh, it's a, a plant that helps people overcome opiate addiction, apparently. And the FDA just moved it to Schedule 1, or they're going to move it to Schedule 1, or the DEA, I should say. I guess it's the DEA, right? But it's a, it's a plant. And apparently it helps a lot of people that have uh, heroin addiction problems and opiate addiction problems. And, and even some people said it helps with uh, marijuana, uh, not marijuana, but uh, alcohol withdrawals. Like people are alcoholics and they try to break free and get sober. This stuff can help with that, too. I don't know enough about it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to have someone on to talk about it. But it's just there's no need to make anything else illegal like this. This thing where they're doing like what they're doing is. They're behaving like an archaic society. They're not behaving like America 2016. They're behaving like the people who enacted the very first sweeping psychedelic laws of 1970. They're behaving like they, they behaved. If you've got this plant, this kratom or how, however you say it, and it doesn't have any history of people like dropping dead from it, it's not like some threat to the communities. It's not like this uh, terror that's sweeping the streets and it's ruining lives. You're not hearing that. All I'm hearing is it helps people with heroin addiction. We all know how many people are addicted to heroin. So the fact that they just want to step in and immediately not just make this like a Schedule 2 or a Schedule 3 or have some scientists come in and testify about it and have some sort of public hearings where they discuss the merits of keeping this drug legal and should this be regulated, should it be prescribed by doctors, like reasonable adults would do if they actually gave a fuck about each other. But instead, they have these fucking ridiculous amounts of power where they could just step in and just make things illegal. They have a ridiculous amount of power when it comes to legislating what we can and can't do with our bodies. Because this is not something anybody's voting on, this Kratom stuff. Right. So for the DEA to just step in and make that Schedule 1, it's blasphemy. Like, what they're doing is a ma it's a it's such an abuse of the function of the office. The idea of the office is you're supposed to be protecting people. Protect people from meth. Protect people from bad shit. Don't don't let uh, people come home to find their children uh, that, that have overdosed because someone gave them bath salts, right? Yeah. That's, that's what everybody wants from something like the DEA. But they're so far-reaching with their efforts that they step into all these areas where we know you're full of shit now. You step into these areas like marijuana. Are you going to save people from pot? Congratulations. You fucking cock blocker. What are you going to do? Are you going to save people from giggling or eating yummy food or having a good time with their friends? What are you going to what, what are you stopping? These are this is not anything that we should ever not not anything we should ever ask for from our leaders in quotes and definitely not anything we should ever tolerate for no reason whatsoever. There's no reason whatsoever why they would keep marijuana illegal. There's no reason whatsoever why they would make this Kratom stuff schedule 1. There's no fucking reason. It's money. It's it, it is it's a sure sign that it's a corrupt system. And if it if the kratom stuff helps with alcohol withdrawals, then you gotta know that these big you know companies would why wouldn't they pitch them some money to be like, hey, let's you keep know people what, man? drinking, even if they didn't do it blatantly, even if they didn't do it blatantly, if they're entangled with each other, you can best believe that if you are entangled with some sort of an alcohol company. You're going to do your best to maximize the profits of that alcohol company, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. If you're entangled with some donor to some political campaign or some, some 
you know, like foundation that you run and they give millions of dollars. Like you guys have a little agreement going on there. You don't have to even say it. You don't have to have it written down. You don't have to be stupid about it. But it's pretty obvious if someone gives you millions of bucks, they're, you know, you guys are how you guys are doing business. Something's happening here. Yeah. You know? You're going to do nice things for each other now. And that's that's where a lot of this shit comes from. Like the the fact that we the people, the people that are supposed to be represented by these clowns can sit back and just be frustrated and not do anything. We could vote for it when it comes up in our states, but federally, it's a giant issue federally. Federally is the real problem. Because there's a bunch of states now that made it legal, including Washington fucking DC. It's a bunch of states that have made pot legal. They're they're like, look, it's ridiculous. It doesn't the science doesn't fit. And then they start taxing it, and then they make unbelievable amounts of money, and then they have massive resurgences in their economy, like you're seeing in Colorado, and now you're seeing in Seattle and Washington State as well. What they're doing is they're they're being tyrannical. Like these these are this is not like reasonable people acting in a reasonable way. No, they're, they're locking people up from. A long time. Oh, my God. There was this fucking thing the other day where they were comparing that kid who raped the girl in what university was that? Who's got like a ridiculously short amount of time. What's that? You don't have a mic on? Stanford. 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 Is that what it is? Yeah. That guy. So they compared that guy to um, some poor bastard that, oh, my God, I think he got 30 years for growing pot. Oh, yeah. Did you see that picture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Dude. I think it was even longer than 30 years. Oh, man, it might have been. It might have been like 30 to life or something. But it's just the idea that you would lock that guy away for that long for something so fucking innocuous. Well, don't break the law. Well, don't break the law. It's real simple. We got a law, and you don't want to break it, okay? You take your consequences. We're adults here. We're all adults. These laws are stupid. We're being handicapped by these ancient systems, these ancient systems of control. They don't, they're not valid anymore. You can't just lock people up for pot. It's stupid. Here it is. Lee Carroll Brooker, a 75-year-old veteran, served a life sentence in prison without parole for being caught growing three dozen marijuana plants behind my son's house. Wow. Oh, my God. And it says, hi, I'm Brock Turner, 20-year-old who raped a woman on campus. I just got six months in prison. I'm also promised that with good behavior, that would be cut down to three months. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, he's already out. Yeah. And there's like uh, armed protesters outside of his house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So rape before joints, guys. Yeah. yeah. That's just crazy. If you're going to rape a girl, don't do it on a pile of marijuana plants. <laughs> That's what we learned here. <laughs> that would be a good uh, get pardon. life plus three months. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good pardon is... from Obama, I think. How... That guy, yes, but can Obama like reverse a sentence and mm-hmm. put that kid back in jail? Oh. Put the rapist back in jail? No. Did he? Did he admit to doing it? I think they didn't. They. It was one of those things. I think <sighs> where like she got drunk, she fell asleep, and he banged her while she was out cold. Yeah, I think so. Was it behind a dumpster though? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, that's the one, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I passed out behind a dumpster. God damn, man. Yeah, I've like heard of that, but I've never actually, you know, I didn't realize people actually could pass out behind a dumpster. Like, I, I've never been that drunk to where that's where I would lay down. I fucked by a dumpster, but I never slept there. 
You fucked by a dumpster, like all that dumpster grease on the ground. No, I Slippery. put pizza boxes down. But Oh my God, what a classy girl you must have been <laughs> with. I told you about this, and the guy came out, and he caught us having sex, and he's like, oh, and he got nervous. He's like, do uh, you guys want some pizza? Because he thought we were homeless. Uh, homeless well, people yeah. bang, too. <laughs> homeless people bang on pizza boxes next to dumpsters. That's pretty much it. There's this homeless guy that lives by, or lives on the bench outside my Starbucks and he has gangrene or diabetes or something so bad that his legs are just like purple and black and I was behind him in Starbucks walking in and every time he took a step like this open sore would just like squirt blood on the floor of Star. it was the grossest thing in the in the world what did he get to drink I don't know two waters he, oh. he was taking a bath or something but yeah, that's a problem if you're running a business and that guy walks in. Like, yeah, what do you do? And they're super nice to him too because they, they he, he's there every day just sleeping on the bench. The homeless thing is weird, right? Because those are people. Mm-hmm. They they are people, but goddamn, they stink. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like when they're around you, they're they're reaching their hands out. Like if you run into one of them kooky homeless people that doesn't bathe ever, and they you know they have like like those dirty caked feet and they're wandering around. What I see is like a mentally ill person. Yeah. You know, what I see is like a failure of the healthcare system. Like, how do you just let this person wander around like this? Like, this is like they're having conversations with themselves and rummaging through their fucking shopping cart. It's a very serious problem in L.A. The other day I saw something gross right in my neighborhood, too, like right at my intersection. Uh, I saw a homeless lady sitting on a bus bench. And it looked like she was wiggling her pants down a little bit. Oh, no. And she did, and she's just sitting on the bench. And, you know, it has, like, those grates. It's not just, like, a, a solid bench. It goes through. And she peed. Just right through? S- right through the grates. Like, it was oh, nothing. Oh, Christ. Just pee flying out of her. Oh, my God. And I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, this is amazing. Because you're, you're looking at the amount of pee that's coming out of this human being. Oh. This it's guy, just sad because we just leave those people out there. And I think this guy's a vet. Like, that's what's even crazier, that he fought for us, and now he can't get, like, medical attention for free. You know? Well, it's also some of them, you have to think, probably just left. Like, they didn't want to deal with the healthcare system. They didn't want to be medicated all the time. They didn't want to stay in a loony bin. But then there was, like, Reagan. During the Reagan administration, they, they let them loose on the streets like zombies. Mm-hmm. They changed the uh, whatever the standard of treatment like, you know, you had to treat someone if they're X amount of crazy. And they're like, oh, you're on your own, crazy fucks. And they just pushed them out into the street. And there was just, like, influx of homeless people. You'd find them all over the East Coast. It was it was real weird. It was a big problem. I remember that, like, in, I think, San Francisco. It was a big deal up there. It's a real big deal in places like Boston. That's where homelessness is a big deal. Because when they're out there, they can fucking freeze solid. Like, yeah. you can die out there. I was uh, I was with Jeff Ross when he taped his special uh, Roast the Police, where we did like ride-alongs with the Boston Police Department during the winter, and these cops, they know all the homeless people, every single one of them, and they they show genuine concern and like you know that they have to go up to these guys and be like, yo, the shelter, it's open, you know, get in there. It's mm. a whole thing. Like, it's yeah. that's actually, during the winter time one of their main things. And this is when all the, you know, obviously there's been, like, cop shootings and this and that. But their main concern, for the most part, what we did on these ride-alongs was tell homeless people to get to the shelter. Or else wow. They're, they're just going to freeze. That's pretty much what Boston cops are doing during the winter, unless there's a crazy call. It's just a such a sad 
aspect of our, our society, like the people that are just, it's just for whatever reason, whether it's a mental issue, it just doesn't click. There's just something that's not clicking in there, right? And then just wandering around through the streets and there's no one with them, you know? And they're just living in this strange life. I, I always wonder, like, what is reality to those people? I was just going to say, I always yeah. wonder what they're thinking. Like, sometimes it seems like they're having so much fun. Do you remember that Robin Williams movie? Robin Williams played a crazy homeless guy that lived in Central Park and used to think he was a knight or something like that. Oh, yeah. What the fuck was that movie? It was like a mental illness movie. It was a movie about... Uh, Fisher King. The Fisher King, yeah. Robin Williams was completely out of his mind. And he played this really... I I believe that's the plot of the movie. I hope I'm not fucking it up. But that was the thing, is that this guy was seeing some things that just weren't there. That is... I mean, obviously, when you see those people talking to themselves, there's something going on there. Yeah. I wonder what it's like. I wonder if it's like the Simpsons ride at Universal. Like, everything they see is like, whoa, (laughs) hey... I like to think that they're smarter than <laughs> us, and then they're they've, like talking to people that they can see that are actually there, but we are, we can't figure it out. A former radio DJ, suicidally despondent because of terrible mistakes he made, finds redemption in helping a deranged homeless man who was an unwitting victim of that mistake. Huh. I don't remember much about this movie. Yeah, suicidally despondent. Crazy, right? Mm. Yeah. Have you ever ridden that uh, Simpsons ride at Universal? No, not yet. Drop everything. Oh, go wait, there now. I have. With the shooting one, right? You, like, shoot things? No, 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 no. The Simpsons ride, like, you sit in, a like, a car. But it's sort of like everything spins? is happening. The car moves around a little bit yeah. left and right, but everything that's happening is, is happening on the screen in front of you. Like, oh, the screen yeah. is this gigantic high-def screen where you're in a first-person perspective, and, you know, it's taking on this wild, crazy, fucking, amazingly illustrated cartoon rot. It's fucking fun, dude. It's really fun. It's got smells, too. Remember the baby yeah. powder smell when it smells like when Maggie's on the screen? It's, it's one of the best rides ever. It's I so loved good. That. I was really surprised at the Transformers ride, too. Is that good? It's great. And we're oh, wait from- a minute. I was on that one. I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. I thought I was like, whoa, whoa. I went, cause I went to the Simpsons first. Uh yeah, it's not the move. Have you been to the Harry Potter thing yet? Yeah, the Harry Potter ride's amazing. It's so weird because I live next to Universal, and you're just driving, and now there's a castle that you just drive <laughs> by. I'm like, what is there? A ca- oh yeah, Harry Potter. It's cool. <laughs> it's a long ass ride too. The Harry Potter ride is really long. I don't know how long it takes, but you're like, whoa, this this ride keeps going. Oh, how good. do you go to Universal? You go when it's like closed or something? You just go. Whatever. You just go. Uh, that place is crazy. For a, anybody, I can't imagine what it's like for you. you. Just go. Just You're go. in a disguise. Just go. No, I don't wear a disguise. Yeah, You're definitely not rocking your fanny pack at Universal. Well, I wear my fanny pack there. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's the best place to wear it. How yeah. dare you say I won't? I just I wore my fanny get, pack at Disneyland. Get swamped. Just say hi to people. <laughs> say hi and keep moving. Yeah. Did you talk about this George Carlin CD that or uh, that he recorded the day before 9/11? No. Have you heard about this? No. He recorded a special the day before 9/11. It was actually called I kind of like it when a lot of people die. 
Oh, no. And then the following day, 9-11 happened, so they had to shelve it. And I guess even in it, he talks about Osama bin Laden and and, shit shit like that. And so they're about to release it, or they just released it. They've held on to it this long just because of 9-11. Whoa. It's really creepy. There's a bunch of weird 9-11 things like that. I I looked up, I found a couple yesterday, actually. It was like, there's a band that was called... We are the World Trade Center. Or I am the World Trade Center. It was like a synth pop band. And in April of 2001, they released a song. Again, the name of the band, We Are the World Trade Center. And track 11 on that album that came out in April, track 11 was called September. So, like, if you look at their album, oh, it says, shit. We Are the World Trade Center, 11. Yeah. September. That's crazy. So insane. And then there's another Illuminati thing. planned it! Mm-hmm. And then there's another thing. I can't remember which cartoon. It's either, like, Futurama, I think it is. It's the craziest thing I saw in a long time. In one of these weird cartoons, there's a moment where it pans over from them, and there's a movie poster on the wall. And, it, and this was before 9-11, like, right before 9-11. And it looks like a World Trade Center smoking like blatantly exactly like a world trade center on fire there you go and um it says coming soon on the thing like a movie poster just says coming soon and there's a blatantly a world trade center smoking yeah. whoa it's the craziest thing i've seen in a long time i think it's either futurama you gotta think though as much content as people put out and the world trade center was, was always these iconic references i mean it was in a biggie song you know, blow up like the World Trade. Yeah, you know, yeah, and album that, cover. Yeah, and those people did try to blow it up in, what was it, like 96 or something mm-hmm. like that? They, they blew up that car bomb inside the basement. So it makes sense that somebody would have caught it, but that 11 in September, that's bananas. Yeah. That's some fucking premonition shit. It happened. Do you think they plan that like that? Like of knowing course. that nine eleven would, but like knowing that if we do it on nine eleven, it's nine one one. It's like emergency number. It's marketing one hundred and one. It was easier. You know, they knew it was going to be a bigger deal because it's nine eleven. Like like nine one one. You know the maybe. Yeah, maybe it would have happened in nine twelve and been just as fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Man. People find reasons to attach numbers and meanings to things, but it's totally possible that they know our, I mean, obviously they know 911 is for emergency, that they did it on 911 because of that, but would have made any difference if it was 99 or 910. It was, it was a devastating attack and tragedy. The other stuff is just like, really? If they did it on July 11th, 7-11s would have gone out of business mm, everywhere. 7 I saw where you're going with that. It's like, I I'm hope, serious. I hope there's going to be more to this. That's it. But like, think about <laughs> that. About people July are like 4th. 7-11. July 4th would be a big smack in our face. And March would be really gay if it was March 11th. So it'd be 3-11. Oh, is that that <laughs> band? Yeah. <laughs> they make good weed pens. Yeah, they do. They I do. was one of the first people to smoke the prototype yeah. last year on the 311 cruise with how, Peanut the bass player. How strong is that band? They make their own weed pens. It's a very strong move. They're the coolest, man. They have like, they've always been ahead of the game. It's because, great live show. It's because they're all generic, uh, like Chinese, you know, models. So anyone can make their own weed pen by just putting their logo on it. You can oh, buy yeah? them in bulk. Yeah, I've seen hmm. all the same weed pens. You can go. There's this website. You can buy like 300 of them, and they'll even like put a logo on it for you, so it looks like your weed pen. They oh. were they were really hands on with this one though. This they like tried out a ton of. I know because he told us all about it. But that would just be like the oils, or they tried out a ton of canisters too. 
I just know that it took them like they sh- like they went through a long process. So mm. probably both. It's good stuff. Two yeah. thumbs up. I highly approve. Did you try the orange one? I don't know what one I tried. That's what I remember is it tasted like an actual orange and got me wrecked. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. It was an atheist nightmare. <laughs> atheist nightmare. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> well, it's, it is intelligent design, though. Somebody made it. Yeah, there, it's... Um, those bands, those uh, like what? What kind of band is three three one one? Three Eleven is uh, really their own type of thing because it's like reggae mixed with heavy rock. Like they go back and forth. Sometimes it's it's sometimes you'll just forget that they're about to like drop. Like they have killer guitarists and high energy. They have two lead singers, one guy with a really smooth voice, and the other guy's sort of like a rapper. And they're, they do all this while they're high. I, I'm not oh, I'd imagine so. But also, like, I feel like a couple of, I feel like a lot of those guys have, like, families now and stuff. And uh, they might calm down a little bit, but I'm sure they, they have to get stoned. I used to like them. I, don't, I haven't heard anything from them in a long time. Well, they made a Greatest Hits album way back in, like, 98 or something like that, you know. that They are, they, they're notorious for being one of the best live bands to see. They, so you did like a whole um, cruise ship with them, right? Yeah, it was the coolest thing I've ever done. How I long thought, was it? It was about. Uh, it was actually five days. I did two shows, and I was like shaky about it because this was back when like the, the like toilets exploded on that one cruise or whatever. Everybody died. Well, everybody well, was, was freaking out. That it was, was like, the one where the guy was trying to wave to his girlfriend. Came around with the boat, and they, he uh, hit the ground uh-huh. and killed like a ton of people. Bunch of people drowned. I'm talking the about the carnival sank. one that like got all poopy everywhere. Oh, that one too. Yeah, I remember that. That happened right around then, and I'm like, man, a cruise ship. We're gonna see. But I knew 311 was an awesome live band. Like I did out of. I, I've seen them actually quite a few times, like dude, in high school and stuff. Dude, there's a railing, and below that railing is the ocean, and you go on 50 miles an hour. Good luck. It's awesome. Fuck you. I had so much fun because they're performing Fuck. on the main deck. Fuck cruises. You, yeah. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> I agree. Fuck cruises. So tell me what it was like. It was the greatest thing ever. I came back from that five-day cruise and got everything in my life done. Like really? It was crazy. Because it's so... It's literally perfect going to Jamaica on a cruise. The most boring part of the whole trip was the half a day we spent in Jamaica before getting back on and going. I stepped on some needly sponge in the ocean. I'm like, this sucks. Get back on this luxury cruise ship. Bunch of shows going on. There's a casino. You can get away to your room if you want to disappear. It's really a thousand times better than I thought it was going to be. And you if didn't, you, if you didn't you, like Jamaica? No, it's no. no. <laughs> Good God, no. Hey, welcome. Try the chicken. It was like just bad. Everybody's cooking and it's just dirty. There's bees everywhere. That's you know, nature like sucks, but cruise ships are great because it's That's like a not fake nature. nature. <laughs> Going 50 Jamaica's miles an hour nature? with Caribbean air around you is perfect. I mean, it's the perfect life. Wow, you're going to live on a boat when you're an old crazy man. Yeah. You are. You're going to be like one of them Howard Hughes type dudes just Absolutely. out on a boat. Just peeing in Elron jars. Elron Hubbard style with your own captain's outfit. You'll give yourself medals every year. Mm-hmm. I wrote a new joke today. I'm going to give myself a medal. And you just pin a medal onto your... You would have like a camel colored coat, maybe a light camel, something sophisticated. Probably will. My older brother just got like way in, way into it, bought a boat and everything. He's been sailing for like a decade, but he's like way into it now. Yeah? Yeah, he's got a cool apartment right on Venice Beach and a boat right in the dock. So he just goes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, I'm going to go in the ocean. It makes sense. I mean, it's like a giant uncharted area or uh, un, uh, 
un there's no roads. There's no like you can go wherever you want. Like that's the cool thing about like being in the ocean. If you have a boat, it's, there's no road. There's no right. like you have to go here. You have to take it right there, and you take the 110 to the 118. Yeah. No, no, it's just go wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Catalina? Go to Catalina. And there's crazy life under there. You throw a fishing oh, pole out there, dude. you catch something, you throw it on the grill right there. You just skin it, bam, bam, yeah. boom. You don't even have to skin Salt, it, just gut pepper, it. pepper, boom. You know, they're finding out that a lot of those tropical fish are making their ways into the waters around uh, Southern California because of um, the global warming. So they're having like yellowfin tuna or all over Southern California waters. We, you used to have to go to like Hawaii to catch those things. But you can catch them right here now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Getting your boats on. Then the cruise ship thing, I'm telling you, I mean, it's a, it's a whole thing. But what if someone's really annoying? They just follow you on that cruise ship. That yeah, doesn't happen. Getting stuck on a it boat. It doesn't happen? No. No? You can lose them. You can lose them? Did you ever These lose These things anybody? are huge. You have to understand how huge this so is. So it's like a mall. It's like a small city, yes. It's like a wow. giant mall or a small city. How long does it take to walk around Because there's the also thing? like six or seven floors you know what I mean? Oh. So boom, 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 boom. So it's all like a hotel almost, like a Vegas-style like, hotel that's floating. That's what it's like. It's like a Vegas-style huge hotel, like how the MGM's connected to the, the New York, New York, or whatever. It's mm. like super-duper huge. Mm. And the main deck, I mean, they're doing shows at nighttime, and it is unbelievable. Going to a normal concert where you're just not moving after that, sort of like, man, I'm missing something here. They must have cruises that go successfully every day to their destination. Smooth. Everyone has a great experience. There's no issues whatsoever. It's but like airplanes. Yeah. All it takes is one poopy mistake. <laughs> There's a or website. Or one dude who wants to wave at his girlfriend and beaches the boat and drowns a bunch of people. Or one husband who throws his wife over the side. Do you hear about that guy? Yeah, that was... there was a guy who threw his wife over the side. Ooh, yeah. like newlyweds. Oof, there's dude, a... there's a there's some fucking creepy people out there, man. There's a cruise ship website like cruiseshipreports.org or something like that, and it tells you every time there's a problem with a cruise ship, and it's shocking how many there are. There's like problems all the time, and like, and it shows how many people died and stuff, and why and how. And... How often do people die from cruise? A lot ships? of crazy shit happens on cruise. Like you saw the elevator, right? The guy that got stuck in the elevator and it started dripping down blood of his body because he got crushed on the on the cruise ship. That what? happened a couple months ago. Are <laughs> he dripping down what? This guy working on an elevator. Yeah. Uh, the elevator crushed him, and so oh, he was working on the elevator. Yeah. And went up to the top. Yeah. Oh, and then so there's video of just blood gushing down the elevator door, and people are like, "What the heck?" is that and it's just blood like it looks oh. like a horror movie oh my god yeah but there's is a that real yeah yeah fuck it, you, you haven't a, seen the video you gotta see the video i don't need to see that it's scary. that's a weird way to go though getting squashed in an elevator this is why i don't work on elevators uh <laughs> I, people ask me all the time tony we have a problem with the elevator can you get on top of it and fix it have you no. been stuck in an elevator before no yeah when i was a little kid yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like seven years old, but it was only 20 minutes. It was, you know, like probably blew a fuse or something like that. But um, I was in uh, New York recently at one of the theaters. I think it was the Beacon. And they have this dude who runs the elevator back there. Yeah, I was with you. That's oh, that's right. right. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. The guy had like the handle and the ching, 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 yeah. ching, ching. It's like an old schooly, old school elevator yeah. where you have to have an operator. It's like there's no buttons to press. This guy had to get you up and down. So it was, what did he say, from the 1920s or something like that? Yeah. Old it might school. Be, yeah. 
What's that? Might have been before that. 1929, I'll show you the video. 1929. Oh, that's it. That's right. I took a video of the dude. That's right. What's your name, brother? Jose is my name. Jose, this is a, an old schooly elevator we're in here, man. Like, how long has this kind of elevator been here for? 1929. That's it. Yeah, it was the old ones on Instagram. You could only get 15 seconds out or 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah, but that dude um, was operating that thing. Like, he had this little lever to pull up and pull down. It's a badass old elevator, but I'm sure they fix it all the time. Yeah, there's things that to. It's always, you can, there's always that thing on the inside. When I was in Italy, I got on an elevator from the 1800s. The hotel had a 1800s elevator. Hmm. Yeah. It's super weird, those old ones. You gotta shut the door in front yep. of you. And you gotta like, shut the door, you gotta get inside. That, it'll still work, but. Uh, yeah, or will you could it? just leave the door it'll open. Still work, right? Yeah, you could just leave the door yeah. open and grab a floor as you're passing and rip your fucking arms off. You could do that. <laughs> I mean, if you looked at, like, how many people have died from elevators versus how many people have died from coconuts, you'd be shocked. No one's scared of coconuts, but coconuts fuck up about 150 people a year. Did you know that? No. Do you know how many people die from deer every year? A lot. 200 in the United States. Wow. 200 deaths. They die from deer. Oof. <laughs> every year. Every year. You're driving down the road listening to Led Zeppelin, and you hit this stupid fucking cunty forest horse, and it goes flying through your windshield and kicks your brains out. Yikes. <laughs> 200 people a year. How many people do you think die on average in elevators per year? I know. In the US. Six. In the US. Six. Prince is one of them. Wow. 26. Did he die in an elevator? Yeah. For real? Yeah. 26 die in elevators every year in the United States? Jesus. How many die from coconuts? I'm saying coconuts <laughs> is over 100 a year. I think so. Worldwide? I will say worldwide. More than 100 people a year die from coconuts. You're saying go. like coconuts Coconuts falling or? on their head. Okay, yeah. so like not allergies. Just getting jacked. It says 150, getting, yeah. Yeah, bitch. Like worldwide, yeah. That's worldwide. Worldwide, so. good. It, imagine if it was all in like Jakarta. In Jakarta, coconuts <laughs> just murking people. <laughs> <laughs> You're walking home from school with your buddies, two of them die. And get, what a, just an embarrassing way to die, right? Donk. <laughs> oh. <Donk>. <laughs> oh, no. That that husky sound, those things clobbering you on the head, thonk. The last thing you hear is your friends laughing at you. <laughs> That's probably how they figured out the coconuts were edible. It killed someone's friend. Someone freaked out and hit it with a rock and went, oh, look at this. There's some shit in here. Look at you that. killed my friend. Yeah, back and then. you are delicious. They didn't know that a coconut wasn't alive. If something came out of the sky and killed your friend and, you know, you were so stupid that you didn't even have clothes yet. That's probably the first people that figured out they could eat coconuts. Where's Those had to be like the first balls, right? Fruits, like probably sort of yeah, just hit playing. me right now. They for realized sure. they could play soccer and stuff. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Wow, dude, I saw a demonstration the other day. We've showed demonstrations of that Linex stuff before, but this was the most ridiculous one. Linex is this plastic stuff that they can spray on things. And they spray it on like the undercarriages of some trucks and like like four wheelers that go out into the country. You know, like those guys, those dudes do those four wheel crawl fucking things and smashing up against rocks. They'll line X their whole truck. They'll like that'll be the paint for the outside of it. Well, they took a watermelon. They sprayed a watermelon with Linex and dropped it off of like I think it was like from 450 feet up. 
This way. is the brick one. This is one we've already seen. But this one's kind of fascinating, too. Like, check this out. Like, just show how they did it before. So they, they dropped this brick off the top of the building. Now, and without the Linux... Oh, that's a that's a that's when they shot the wall. This is the watermelon video, but there's a bunch of shit before it. Oh, is it the watermelon video? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. There it is. I'm trying to find it. There, it's right there. These guys. So anyway, there's one of them where they're on a tower. The tower one is a watermelon one, dude. I think it's a different one. Yeah, it's not the same video. There it is, right there. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Take like all of these are in there. In this this is a different one because this this one it's red. But it's the same goddamn thing. So I guess they're just going to hit it with a hammer here. So they sprayed this shit on a watermelon. Yeah. But the watermelon just, he's like hitting it with a hammer. It's just bouncing. But that's not as impressive. See if you can find the one where they drop the watermelon off the tower. Linex watermelon, 450 feet drop. I mean, they threw this watermelon off the tower without the Linex, and it hits the street and literally vaporizes. Just, it's, they hit it, they throw the Linex one, it hits the ground, it bounces 10 feet in the air. Yeah, the inside of it was just watermelon juice. It just became watermelon juice. But this stuff is so tough. It's just some weird, freaky plastic. That'd be fun to, like, prank Gallagher before he goes on stage, like, spray his watermelon with that. <laughs> Break his back open. <laughs> his arms would literally fly off his body. So can you buy this consumer style? Yeah, yeah it's just, wow. I know uh, my friend Remy, his dad actually owns a shop up in Reno where they spray uh, trucks with this stuff. Wow. Yeah, like people that want like a really heavy-duty application of their trucks are going to drive in the woods and branches are going to smack up against it all the time. They just spray their whole truck with this shit. That's cool. Yeah, there's a company called, um, Dev, I think it's called DevRolo, D-E-V-R-O-L-O, and they make these ridiculous souped-up Toyota Tundras that are bulletproof. And they spray Linex all over them. So, like, they, they make them, like, regular, and they make them bulletproof. They, like, they make them for, like, you know, some royal family or some shit that comes here from somewhere else. And they have this, what is this? This is the video of the, yeah. but this isn't, Linex didn't make this. Some other guys just put this video out a couple, like, this past month. Linex didn't make the video, but they did use Linex. Yeah, yeah, so, let's right. watch it. Like, Fine. here you go. So, he throws this watermelon off this ridiculous fucking tower. Look at this. It hits the ground. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Now, can you cut into it? Like, is it possible to get to that watermelon yeah. now? Or is it like... A yeah, you can cut into it. But look at this. Look how it hits the ground. It's like a ball. That's I mean, incredible. it seems like like a medicine ball. Like someone threw a medicine ball. What about bullet versus that? What happens? No, nah, a bullet would go through it. It's just... It, it has a unique ability to disperse shock. And like rebound and not break open. That's really cool. See if you find those trucks, Devrolo, it's called. I think it's like some Russian company or something like that. They make mm. these souped up cars that are covered in this shit. I bet a lot of companies do that, I guess. And they they so cover cars in this Linex shit. To protect it from accidents? Well, it would definitely protect you more from accidents than not having it, for sure. It would definitely make it harder for uh, an impact to to get, you know, like if, you're, if your car has like a certain thickness of steel on the door and you had double that thickness i would just assume that would be safer right doesn't that make sense well it makes you wonder like if it caves in then that also absorbs a lot of the energy but if you bounced off it seems like there'd be more snapping of your I'll head take and everything snapping i'll take the snapping to the penetrating that's how you, your body gets crushed by a truck hitting you on the side 
I don't know. Maybe a combination of the two. Yeah, I don't. I think maybe. Um, it just makes sense that if it was a thicker, stronger material, like if you were driving around in a tissue paper car, you'd feel real nervous, right? It just seems to reason that if you would get a thicker and thicker gauge of metal. So if you took like a, the regular gauge metal that they have on like a Chevy Silverado or something like that, and you sprayed this Linex shit over it, this has got to make it stronger. There's just no way it doesn't. If, if, if that's what it does with a watermelon off a 450-foot tower... What was you remember Saturns where that you couldn't scratch them, you could kick them, and they'd you know never. Yeah, really they were made them. out of plastic. Was it plastic? Yeah. Wouldn't that be like a safety hazard then if it was plastic? No, no, because as long as it's strong, like plastics can be really fucking strong. Like there's certain types of plastics, like certain types of uh, composite fibers that are like technically plastics that are ridiculously strong. And, like they use resins and they have these these types of plastics. That they can, you know, they can make plastic where you can make a plastic knife where you can kill somebody with it. I mean, plastic can be really hard. That was always such a good feature of that car. I loved my Saturn, and when I sold it, it was like 12 years old, and it looked like uh, the day I bought it, like brand new, because it didn't scratch or Do they make those anymore? No, they went out of business, but that technology that you think they would use it in other cars. Or... Yeah, it's I probably think not cars the best don't want to last. I yeah. think cars want to break and True. get more parts. Like GMs are like, they like That's sick. Look at these trucks. Biodegradable. These this is an apocalypse mobile. Wow, that looks great. Nothing insane? One mile per gallon. Yeah. P click on one of the uh, pictures of them things. Like the Interceptor, the Challenger, oh, the Expedition. So cool. Yeah, so all that stuff is Linex. They're the entire outside of the truck, the bumpers, everything is covered in that Linex that's shit. Neat. That's a goddamn tank. Look at that thing. Like if you got black. a little dick, that's your ride. <laughs> and you're like, look, I want to distract you. Have they done uh, like bullet, bullet tests on it or anything? You know? Well, they do have bulletproof versions of the car. I don't know if that stuff is bulletproof. I would doubt that it is. But I would say, you know, it's definitely better than not having it on. But look at that thing. It's so manly. Ooh. I got to be in Kevin Pereira's auto drive car the other day. Oh, the Tesla? He took you for a... so cool, man. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, when he did it, it's hard to trust that. Like, uh, it's it's weird him just, like, letting go. And he said that when he first bought it, he was really scared and nervous. But now he's, like, you know, laptop out, like, doing shit he shouldn't be doing. And, mm. and I watched it, like, detect the, you know, the side car and stuff like that. And it... <laughs> It stopped. It slowed down. It's scary because you know the guy that designed the self-driving car was Asian. And you're like, you know. How do you know he's Asian? He's not Asian. Asian computer people. This is a bad attempt at some racist humor, and I'm not going to stand <laughs> for it. I guarantee you the person that Find it, engineered Jamie. the self-driving car is and an Asian. If, if you're wrong, you have to suck Brian's cock right yeah. here on the show. <laughs> no, I'll Damn, take donkey cock. a couple cum. of strokes. A couple of strokes in your mouth. No, I'll take the donkey cock. Listen, just a real quick little nom nom nom. But the, uh, the I think the, you're wrong. The, the the iPad or whatever the, the display and stuff. Oh yeah, it's, so it's sexy. a crazy screen. It's sexy. But doesn't well, I would think that like that uses up a lot of juice. Like why would you have such a giant screen? It seems like if you have a true. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I didn't. You know, I didn't know about the fast charging because we always talked about this in the past about right. how like you can't drive to Vegas though. Well, they also have a stop in Vegas that you plug it in for five minutes and you get like two more hours. Like, here's, here's the fact though. Uh, when was the last time you drove to Vegas? Uh, I, I hardly ever. Drive I did to last week. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> drove up for the fight. For the fight months ago. I always drive. It's Do so you? Much, it's cheap. I, I, well, it's it is cheap, but don't you get annoyed being in the car for four hours? No, I'm used to four hours. I had fun. Me and Pete. 
smoke joints the whole way. On your like, let's say that you were driving back though, and you were in that Vegas traffic on the way back. It was terrible. You would be mm, fucked. Your car traffic. would die halfway through. That's true. You would never just owned you. Yeah, but you're stuck though. It's, there's it's two lanes for 400 miles or yeah. 200, yeah. 300 miles. She's yeah, right. You could make it to the stop. You'd be three hours away from it. He's right. Fuck you. No, I mean, it, it has, there's not just one, there's not just one thing, there's, yeah, like there's a lot. He, but though. he's got a really good point. If you're stuck in that crazy Vegas traffic coming home, mm -hmm. you know how ridiculous that traffic is. Right. That's traffic that makes you wake up at four o'clock in the morning just to avoid it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did it once. I did it once and I barely made it because I left at 730. I was like, I'll just get up before everybody else. Oh, no. Yeah. No, people are already up and driving at 7.30. It, it messed me up last weekend coming back from McGregor-Diaz because uh, they're like, you gotta, gotta, get, gotta beat the traffic. I'm like, whatever, if we get there, whatever. I ended up missing the SummerSlam party. I missed SummerSlam last week, which was huge. Poor baby. How long did it take <laughs> you to drive home? It was like six, seven hours, something oh, like that. Geez. Yeah, see, that is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. I've never been caught in that. So ridiculous. But if you had a gasoline, like a buddy of mine has a 50-gallon tank in his truck. 50 gallons. So he could just drive. He just fills that bitch up and just, I mean, it gets shitty gas mileage. There's a catch-22 because you're packing around all that weight. But if he's driving from Vegas, he doesn't have to pull over. It's like the opposite of a Tesla. Yeah, I try. Like, I, my car's dead right now, and I tried to uh, jumpstart my car with my girlfriend's car, which is a uh, Prius. Prius, and you can't do that because it it's like you. a little twelve volt vat battery inside those cars. Like, so it's it not a regular. Wasn't affected. No, I, it, it, you can't do it. It says in the book, do not do. It. You could just destroy this car. Oh, that would be crazy if you blew that car up. I know. So. Yeah, those cars blow up, man. How'd your car die? My car's got dead. So many things are wrong with it. Right Did now. you ever see that? Uh, remember when those Fisca Karmas blew up? The Fisca oh, yeah. Karma was that dope-looking space-age electric car that actually had a solar panel on the roof, and that solar panel on the roof charged up your radio, so your radio wasn't draining the battery as you were driving around. And uh, they were cool-looking cars, like definitely the best-looking out of all the electric cars. And they left a bunch of them on a dock. In Brooklyn, I think it was, or no, North Carolina or something like that. Anywhere, somewhere by the water. And the water came in, the sea level rose, flooded the parking lot, and all the cars went underwater and started exploding. Wow. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't know. We tried to find it last time, right? We couldn't find it. Look, oh, look wow, at them all. That's cool. They all just blew up. Wow. Were it Pintos? Is that what it was in the 80s that yeah. were blowing up? Yeah. Is that the right cars? Because it, it said Tesla under there. Oh, okay. Superstorm Sandy. Yeah, 16 Fisker Karma. Yeah, and everybody was like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and that company just went under. It's like those SpaceX rockets that keep blowing up on the thing. They're like, hey, we're, it's pretty soon we'll fly you out to Mars. But meanwhile, they can't even get out of Florida. Dude, Elon, I, I wouldn't fly on one of those fucking things for a hundred years before they got it right. <laughs> yeah, it's obnoxious. Just pull up a real Fisker Karma so you can see what one actually looks like. It was a beautiful car. Justin Bieber had one. It was totally chrome. Oh, that's it? Yeah, yeah. I like that car. He chromed what? that bitch out. Why back? couldn't that one Oh, up? are they back? So, <laughs> are they back? So, I like Bieber. Yeah, me too. Oh, they have a new car. The Rivero. Ooh. Why Karma? It's always been Karma. Okay. I saw Bieber driving that car once, and it is... That should be illegal, because... You ever see that episode of Chips, 
where the like there was a uh, truck driving a bunch of mirrors and the sun hit the the mirrors and all these people were like flying yeah. off the freeway same thing with that it was just like this giant glare coming down the street Jamie go back go back to the actual car I want to see it scroll down what you were looking at right here where Brian was talking right there in the middle this is a yeah. picture of the car wrap oh wow. that's a wrap yeah it's got a wrap on it oh God, it's so pretty. So I was trying to find one of like the. Is that a Karma? Yep. That is so pretty. It's a Karma Revero. Looks like they just brought it back. That is a beautiful car, yeah. man. Yeah. That is a goddamn beaut. That is without a doubt the best looking out of all those electric cars, like by far. Is this, does this have a gas tank option on it? That's what I, don't I want. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is all electric. God damn, that thing is sweet. That is sweet. That's that's the that's so much better looking than all the other ones. Because that looks like a Maserati or something, doesn't it? I kind of like the BMW that's, like, that's like that, though. That looks like a Maserati fucked a Jaguar. That's electric? Look at it together. We're going on a vacation. Come on. Maserati came in a Jaguar and made that thing. What's the BMW electric sports car that kind of looks like that? <sighs> that's, I don't like that one. I like it. Well, it's, it's kind of cool looking on the outside, but right. the issue is it has really skinny tires, and it has piss-poor performance. It's not a fast car. It's a super expensive car, and it's a super space-age car. But you look at it, it's like 0 to 60 in comparison to like other cars that BMW makes, like the M4. And look at it, it's like track time or trackability. See how skinny its tires are? See the back tires? Oh, yeah. Those are really skinny. You like that's not. Bigger. Well, no, that's just what it comes with. This is not like a performance car. It's a beautiful, sleek piece of amazing automotive engineering. Its design is incredible. But that's not what I I like a car that looks like that and actually goes fast. <laughs> That's not, I mean, it probably goes fast in comparison to a lot of shit, but if you compare the numbers, I bet, to like between that and like a Porsche 911 or something like that, it's probably not even close. Kevin did his uh, Tesla like zero to 70 while I was in the car, and I've been in like your cars before in the past, but it went like three seconds, mm. and there was no engine sound, so it kind of freaked you out. It was like being on a roller coaster. I, it took my breath away. I was like, <gasps> yeah, those cars are ridiculous ridiculously fast that's crazy and they're four-wheel drive too right yep it's four-wheel drive and it has this ridiculous engine where there's no transmission like in terms of like gears it's like a direct drive so it just just goes it, it like instant on the solar roof will create enough energy to power the car no other vehicle sold in the u.s has ever offered this capability our owners consider our solar roof an important element in our brand identity and we listened Two days. It's about to come out. Oh, in two oh. days it comes out. This whole episode has been a long commercial for this car. No, that is dope, though, that the fucking car, I mean, especially in L.A. In L.A., that means you can drive that thing around all the time because it's always sunny. So if that wow. thing actually can power the car, that's amazing. That does not seem right. To, as soon as it hits a rock, it's going to explode. How much is this? <laughs> yeah, I know. How much is this car? I would assume we'll find out in two days. Oh. Um, I would bet it's over a hundred grand. I think those are super expensive cars. See if you can find out how much the Karma was. Is that just the power of the car for like like the electronics and display, but not driving? No, I'm saying no, the first the one thing. to be able to power the car. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. If they if they really did figure that out, it's over. If you can figure out a way to make a car run, especially here where it's sunny every day, just on solar power, and you can listen to your radio, you don't have to, there's no restrictions, and if you're stuck in traffic, it's, not only is it not like draining your battery, it's probably better, because it's, it's not using up much energy, but it's just being blasted by the sun and Night recharging. Nighttime, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you would store enough 
like a Tesla does. You know, if it, if it kept it at 100%, it'd be just like a cell phone. That'd be amazing, man. If they really could figure out how to do that, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would, at least around here, in like Arizona and places like Colorado, places where it's sunny, they would put other cars out of business. It doesn't seem possible, though, because that's such a small solar panel that I didn't think was that powerful to enough to actually power a car. I think solar panels are getting more efficient. Crazy, yeah, I guess. They must be. Well, I know that uh, Elon Musk has this new solar bank thing that they're doing for your house where it's uh, they'll put solar in your house and the batteries themselves are so much smaller than they've ever been before. They're cool looking and they like stick to your wall. You like uh, you have have them mounted on the wall, and it's just it's not like a whole room like you used to need like a whole room filled with batteries to run a house on solar power. It's not really that way anymore. And as these things are just gonna get, if just the idea that you could power a house on solar power today is crazy, but true. So if you can power a house, it's just a matter of time before that stuff gets better and better and better to the point where I mean you could probably wind up doing it in Seattle with what minimal sun comes through the clouds that's that's going to happen they're going to keep making these things better just like they've done with everything else whether it's televisions or cell phones or or cars themselves cars today dude this is the golden era for automobiles like there's people look back and say oh they, they nobody designs cars like they did in the 60s to look at to look at you're right yeah, those 60s cars were amazing to look at, but try steering one of those pieces of shit. Try hitting the brakes if a fucking stroller rolls out in front of your car. The, those things were terrible. They were terrible handling. They were terrible on every corner. The car went and bent sideways, and then you had to like hang on to it while it righted itself. Like the whole car was made out of like a flexible piece of aluminum tray. Like they were shit. Those cars were pieces of shit. The design was terrible. Like they literally would, the the air would hit them when they would drive. They were not only were they not aerodynamic, they were like scoops. They were like a sail. It was like driving with a sail. Like the front actually like caught the air and it slowed the car down. <laughs> I don't know much about old cars. I didn't have a dad growing up. Oh, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor baby. Well, I didn't learn from my dad either. My dad really doesn't give a shit about cars. My stepdad. Um, but if you ever seen like an old, like show a 1970 Dodge Charger. Mm. Here's a perfect example. This shit is so unaerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> but undeniably dope. One of my favorite movies, Death Proof. I'm pretty sure that's around the type of car. It's a Dodge Challenger. That's a Challenger. Or that's a Charger. Yeah. Um, not a Challenger. But, but Kurt, if you, Kurt Russell's um, car in Death Proof. Have you seen that movie? I think that's, so that's that's a 70? That's interesting. I thought that was a 69. Maybe they did something different to the bumper. Because a 70, it let go right above it. Go to right above it. The the one, the black one, sorry. That's, that's one too, but that black one. That's a 70. See how the bumper goes around the top? All the way around like a fish with its mouth open. I think that other one is a 69, that far left one. But that far left one is fucking beautiful. Look at that thing. God, I think that's a 69 though. Unless maybe they changed the bumper. Look how fucking sick that is. Have you seen Death Proof? I don't know. Is that the Quentin Tarantino thing? Yeah. No. You would love it. Look what they just did. They just reversed the picture. Right hand, left hand drive. They just flipped this picture around. God, that thing's so pretty. So that mo- that car was in that movie. That I'm not exactly sure of, but there, there that's was... that's the car right there. So, mm. boom. 
Yeah, that's a charger for sure. There was one that they had in Fast and the Furious that was all bare metal. And it cost more than a million dollars to make. Is ridiculous. It's silver. Now there's a silver one. Silver Dodge Charger. Just Google silver, Jamie. Silver Dodge Char- Charger, Fast and the Furious. Do you miss Sick Fish, your old no. car? <laughs> Have you, is it still alive? No, Fast and the Furious, Jamie. Uh, yeah, that Reggie Bush character has it. Um, that's it right there. Look at that thing. Wow. wow. That's cool. There's no paint on that thing. It's just clear coat over the bare metal, and it, like, it took forever to make. Like, that car took years to make. It's like literally a rolling work of art. It's a crazy looking car. No, that sick fish was a piece of shit, yeah. man. It looked great, but it was it was just not sorted out right. It was not built correctly. And that Reggie Bush guy had to do a bunch of things to it after I did a bunch of things wow. to it. I keep calling him that Reggie Bush guy. If you're hearing this, Reggie, <laughs> I'm just high. Don't listen to me, dude. <laughs> do they no make, disrespect. Did they make electric motorcycles? Yes, that's is a dope looking car though. Yeah, I miss I miss it. It wasn't a fun car to drive though. I'll tell you that. Is that you? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> guy looks like you in this picture. <laughs> that was a car that's that how I, high I am. I had that car made in like uh, for a TV show in like mm-hmm. 2005 or something like that. It was uh, it was really pretty, but the insides and the way it drove, it was just it was designed to look really pretty. It wasn't designed to drive well. The sound of it when you would pull into the comedy store though was so awesome. It was ridiculous. Giant engine, five twenty eight Hemi, just roared. It was like six hundred and something horsepower. Such a stupid car. Just sounds like Joey Diaz murdering. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded, yeah. It sounded like war. It sounded like some death machine. You know, it just wasn't safe. Like, I had to get a bunch of things done to it. The the suspension detached from the frame in my driveway after I'd been on the highway going 70 miles an hour just 10 minutes before. I pulled in, pulled into my driveway, and my car went sideways. And I was like, what the fuck? And I get out, and the wheel is, like, half hanging off and dug into the, the quarter, the uh, fender. I was like, what the fuck? I was just on the highway. Like, if that broke loose on the highway, I could easily have been dead. Easily. When you're going 70 miles an hour and you start flipping... Good luck. Who, yeah. know, who knows what's going to happen? I was once in a car on the going fast on the freeway with like Tripoli and all these guys who are on a road trip and a p- tire popped. That's Ooh. crazy. Oh, yeah, man. Dangerous. That very in dangerous. itself, it's just... Yeah, very dangerous. Crazy. I ran over a... Um, you know those metal things? Not not the uh, the railroad... When you think of a railroad tie, um, not the, the wooden not the wooden piece, right? That's what oh, would that, that metal bar? The metal stuff yeah. that would be a piece of like a railroad track. Yeah. Somebody had left a piece of a railroad track on the highway, like a 12-inch section of it. And I hit that thing, and it was like someone shot my tire out with a rifle. It just, my, my car went, ba-boom! My car like literally caught air. It was a small car, too. I think it was my Supra. Caught air, blew my fucking wheel apart. Like, literally blew it apart and blew the tire half apart, too. And I was in the middle of the highway, and I was a mile from the exit. And I was going to pull over, and I was going to call AAA. But a kid I went to high school with did that and died. Mm -hmm. He got hit by a car. He was um, on the side of the road, and he was trying to change a tire, and a guy just plowed right into him and killed him. And I never forgot that. And I just drove gangster style on a completely blown out wheel. It was... 
banging and sparking and it smelled like fire. It was like bang, 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 bang. Wow. Just sparks and it's the rubber, because the rubber was like half hanging on, half hanging off. It was just ripping and flying around when I was driving. I drove all the way to that fucking exit and all the way to the side. I just kept driving. It was chewing up the sidewalk. It was probably fucking up the road, like all the asphalt. Asphalt's not that hard. You know, did it fuck your rims up, or did you oh, have to get rims your rims dead? Yeah, yeah. The, there was no rim left. Jesus, it wasn't a rim anymore. I mean, it was just uh, the whole outside of it was completely destroyed. I fucked up a lot of suspension parts too. I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, but I, they they towed it and fixed it. But I was like, at least I'm alive, bitch. I'm like, I, I would I would way rather, or I would have left it there and just ran down the side of the road and made sure I was like way off to the right. I, I'm not staying in my fucking car on the road. Yeah. It's just too goddamn dangerous especially today i see so many people fucking on their phones driving on the highway at night where you see their face lit up by the phone it's so distracting it's I mean, so you see cops with their lights on getting hit continuously mm -hmm. so i mean a normal car it's got to happen all the time yeah yeah it's happening all the time but um yeah so that was the most fucked up thing i ever drove over in my car but god damn that was loud like blam I saw it too, like last second. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, you know, you just realize there's not a goddamn thing you can do. If you swerve and you don't hit that, th I was like, if I swerve, I'm probably going to flip this car or something fucked up is going to happen. I'm definitely going to lose control of it. I might be able to just ride out this impact. That's what I wound up doing, but oof. That's nothing. That's nothing. You know, I watched this video once of this uh, car. It was on a snowy road. And they were driving in one direction, and there's a semi driving in the other direction. And the car on the snowy road starts fishtailing, and they lose control of the car, and they go right into the oncoming lane and get hit by the semi and literally disintegrate. It is one of the best examples of how fleeting life could be. Like you're watching these people, they're driving this car, and then it goes sideways, and then zoom, they're facing the truck, and the truck hits them head on yeah. 60 miles an hour. Boom. Over. It just destroys the car. The car just becomes like little pieces of things that go all up in the air. It's uh, it's fucked up to look at, man. This weekend I did uh, the Oddball Comedy Fest in uh, Detroit, Chicago, and Toronto, and Brian Regan has his own tour bus. That stuff is crazy because you don't even feel like you're moving at all. You're just chilling, hanging out. Oh, he's just hanging like in his apartment. Yeah, and he has like a, the location. a real state of the art one, like the newest, newest, newest. And he helped design it, all this stuff. Like he like got to like play architect with it. Like I want this there. I want a counter there, chairs yeah. there, make those captain chairs instead of couches. And it was just, it was like being in the future because you're moving in a house that you doesn't feel like it's moving so does he stay in hotels or does he just stay in his tour bus all stays the time? in the tour bus has a master bedroom has everything Whoa. you don't ever need to do anything again Whoa. what That's a weird it. relationship he has with that guy who drives him around though. <laughs> right he, he, the guy that drives him around is a second generation tour bus driver he's been doing it 30 years his father was a tour bus driver for all these big things and he basically bought him like it's like wow. when he's on tour that's his guy and he's a super pro so he knows what he's doing like a surgeon and he's cool. Obviously he doesn't bother him or whatever. You know what I mean? What a weird life. It is unbelievable. And it's the best thing ever because you know how after a show 
we have to go back to the hotel, and then the next morning you have to get up and go to the airport, and that takes an hour, and then you have to spend an hour there early. Mm-hmm. He leaves the venue, and immediately outside of whatever the closest back door is, is the door to his bus, which is the house. So then you, you leave the venue, and you're immediately at your own after party. You're immediately where you want to be. Whoever you invite can come with you, but you leave then. And that driver drives all night to wherever you want him to. And you wake up the next morning in your bed at your destination instead of waking up at a hotel and having to go to the airport and then having to get on the plane and then having to get out of LAX or wherever you are. You just walk out that door that you walked in from the venue. You walk out the door again and you're at your house. Yeah. I realize that this is the actual like new goals. I got new goals. It's called bus goals. Bus goals. He's trying to sleep. He slams on the brakes. You wake up. Doesn't you get in a car accident. You catch on fire. Didn't Ralphie have a bus? He's still Ralphie is a bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ralphie is a mansion. No, yeah, Ralphie has a bus. But this, and, and it's cool. But this bus, I've been on some cool buses. I'm friends with John Rich, who's like a huge country music star. Uh-huh. Awesome bus. But this bus, state of the art. Like Kevin James has a bus. He did the bus thing for a while. He had a bus, and he would bring the bus to uh, movie sets, too. You know, like, uh, his kids could hang out on the bus. bus was dope. Yeah. Fully set up. Yeah. And then he drove across the country in the bus, and what he did was his family was on the bus, and he was behind them on a motorcycle. So wow. it's like, so he could just ride his Harley on the fucking highway right behind the bus across the country. He's just living fantasies at this point. Can I put a Sea-Doo on top of my bus and... Uh... Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. You ever work with Brian Regan? Yeah. Well, I've done some stuff with him. He's done this podcast. I know I've done some gigs with him back in New York, like back in the day. He's a great guy. He was so much fun. You know, I've gotten to like meet all my heroes. Ron White's been hanging out like an animal at the store, which is super surreal because it was him and Brian Regan were our Comedy Central guys growing up. You know, that's sort of like all you had that wasn't on HBO. So like... You know, it was a super surreal weekend because he was he was very Ron White-esque. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like, he's down to hang with comedians. He's funny all the time. He's not one of those guys that, like, shuts down. And he was just a blast. Like, he is that guy. So, like, if there's ever a dull moment, just he can pretty much say anything. And it's funny because it's just sort of like, you know, yeah. and it's just boom. He's just laying everybody out. It was a blast. It was one of those great ones. Like they say, don't meet your heroes. But like he was a fun one. Yeah, you can meet some of them. You can meet Ron White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a cool time. At the store, guys like Ron White hanging out. Yeah, Everybody's we, hanging out there now. It's crazy. I told Brian Regan all about it. I said, you know, you have to come because What's he really he enjoys. What he does, LA. I don't. I don't think he does. I don't think he really does it. If he does, I'm sure it's like the Will Will Turner or something like that. Well, probably. when I was talking to him, he was saying he pretty much just kind of writes um, and does the material like at his shows. You know, he just writes new shit and does it at his shows in front of his audiences and. I'll tell no. you this, is it was my second year doing these oddballs, and I've never seen comedians, or myself, I haven't laughed like I was laughing at him since I was a child, like, wow. since, I, and since I very first started stand-up. You know how when you really start, and you're watching guys for the first time, and you're just dying, you're like, how are they doing that? Yeah. It was like that. His just his premises, his 
delivery is everything. Like it was surreal to watch. Every single joke that he went into, I thought to myself, how have I never thought of that? One of those things where over and over and over again, you're like, whoa, he's about to talk about that. I thought only I noticed that. Uh, and boom, you're watching an amphitheater just boom, boom, continuously. He's constantly touring too. Yeah. I mean, Brian's, he's everywhere. Like that's all he does now. It's I mean, interesting. He's one of those guys that, like I feel like Bill Burr and Chappelle are always in the thing. You know what I mean? But he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's better or whatever, but I mean like. No, he's fantastic. Yeah. You know what the difference is though? He's clean. Yeah. And so people think of him as being not as funny because he's clean. Because you go, oh, well, you could take your kids to go see Brian Regan. It doesn't matter. He's a killer. Lays them yeah. out. You like, don't even notice that he's not clean. No. He, that he is clean because he's so funny. It's totally irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. But there was a lot. There's been a lot of guys like that. Like Mitch Hedberg is a perfect example of that. Mitch Hedberg, people forget, was very clean. He, he hardly ever swore. And if he did, it was totally unnecessary. He was just having fun. Like Mitch's jokes were all like surreal, weirdo jokes, you know? There's, there's been a lot of people like that. Like Jerry Seinfeld, perfect example, you know? Yeah. Just not only was he clean, like he didn't even ever touch on controversial subjects. I had to follow him at the comedy store a few weeks ago talking about Mitzi Shore and how she has Parkinson's and she said he wasn't funny three decades before. Whoa. It was unbelievable. Out of everything I've done in stand-up in nine years, I've never been in a tougher position than following Jerry Seinfeld. I always like following good people. But he just like went off on a rant about how this lady that owns this club told me <laughs> 38 years ago, whatever it was, some crazy number. I know it's more than 30, like 34, 36 years. She told me 37 years ago that I wasn't funny. What's the deal with that? You know what I mean? Like the room was just dying. It was crazy. Speaking was, of and dying. And then he basically dropped the mic and I had to go up there. It's horrendous. Speaking of dying. Tell me about Ann Coulter. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm dealing with all day. So, this Ann Coulter situation. So, Ann Coulter was at the Roast of Rob Lowe. It wasn't live, right? No, it was on last night. But when did, it, when did it, they film it? Uh, last Saturday. Last Saturday. So, only a week away. Yeah. So, what happened? Well, you know, this is the uh, sixth roast that I've written for, the third one that I've been a staff writer on. And it's always interesting when someone gets booked you know, what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And Ann Coulter was one of the last bookings that we had. And I was excited to help her. And she, uh, she didn't want, she didn't want to do anything that the writers told her, you know, that she sort of had to do like to be funny. And she's like, like what? she didn't think anything was funny. So she rewrote everything like the script that we originally wrote. Anyway, she bombed really bad. She bombed really bad. But what was she trying to avoid? Like when you said she didn't want to do what they wanted her to do. Well, we wanted her to write. We want, we had stuff in her voice, like with her angle and a little mm -hmm. bit of self-deprecating at the top. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was you know supposed to be like, hey, I'm Ann Coulter. You know, you might be wondering why I'm here. It's at the Rob Lowe roast. It's because it's the first time that I'm not the most hated person in the room. You know, like sort right. of like put it off uh -huh. on her. Let right. her. You got to acknowledge yeah. who you are. But instead, she's like, "Nah, I don't like that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna self. I'm not gonna shit on myself. <laughs> it's a roast. Why would I do that? That's you know, she there's said? no uh, no awareness. There's no. I mean, that's those weren't her exact words, but she just said she wasn't gonna do that. She would just cut minute. out. You go, you go back and forth via emails, and then all of a sudden, all the good stuff is cut out, and there's bad stuff, and some of the stuff's rewritten. Did you meet her in real life? Yeah. Did you meet her in real life before the actual roast or the day of? 
uh, the day of, I talked to her on the phone uh, five days out, which she was okay on that. She's like laughing at the script, but then once it's in email, you know, she rewrote it and it was bad. But you really think that she's less hated than Rob Lowe? No. no, no, not at all. Everyone loves no. Rob Lowe. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was. It, they, but who it, was who was the most hated person in the room besides her? Was the joke about Rob Lowe? Yeah, the joke is like, yeah, no, she's saying that she's hated. Right. She's acknowledging exactly, that. It, and she's saying that Rob Lowe's hated. So yeah, it's a joke, but it's not really. It that part doesn't need to be funny though. We just needed her to acknowledge that right. she, she's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. And she didn't want to do that. Mm. Instead, she came out and literally is like, you might be wondering why I'm here. It's, it couldn't possibly be to promote my new book. And she leans down all awkwardly and pulls out her shitty book, In Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. And she says, wait, like, a minute, e wait, pluribus. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. Her new book is In Trump We Trust? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, wait for it. E Pluribus Awesome. That's like the tag of the book. Wow. And she said it. And just the roar of what, booze what from this is crowd. What is this book? She loves Trump. She's you ready for this? in on that Trump shit money. She wrote, that is her 11th book. She's written 11 books. Whoa. She's worth a good amount of money. Jesus Christ. What was the purpose of having her on the roast to begin with? It seems like the roasts have always had like a kind of like a goat you know, like Jersey Shore, they had the situation on they had the that Trump one roast. And we yeah. gotta listen. Pull that back up. I want to read this description. Pull up, make it smaller. So there we go. <clears throat> Donald Trump isn't a politician. He's a one-man wrecking ball against our dysfunctional and corrupt establishment. We're about to see the deluxe version of the left's favorite theme: "Vote for us, or we'll call you stupid." It's the working class against the smirking class. Now, Ann Coulter, with her unique insight, candor, and sense of humor, <laughs> <laughs> makes the definitive yeah. case for why we should all join his revolution. Wow, Very she fun. just bent over. She bent over for the man who might be king. <laughs> yeah, she was. You know, she wants to play that character, but well, if he wins and she wrote a book like that, she's in deep, 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 deep. She would be the one to defend him every time there's any sort of a public. You he know, does, he doesn't like her, by the way. He doesn't like her. He doesn't like That's her. And better. one of the really funny things is that he changed his immigration policy, like tweaked the tone of it the mm. day before that book came out. And it's sort of like messed things up because, book. yeah, because he's sort of like, uh, you know, Softening. this book's like all about like, yeah, don't let anybody in zero immigration. And he was sort of just like, you know, he visited Mexico, like out of nowhere, like the day before her book came out. And she's like, uh, you know, it just wasn't good press for her. What is he saying now? He's saying the Mexicans have to leave and they're going to have to yeah. go through the proper channels in order to legally immigrate to the United States. You're going to have to go back to Mexico first. Mm-hmm. He knows no one's doing that. No one's going back to Mexico, dude. Stop. Definitely not. Did you know that, um, who was it that uh, tweeted this? Pete Dominic tweeted this, that there is like a literal 0% gross migration from Mexico. Like the amount of people that come over here from Mexico versus the amount of people that leave here and go to Mexico, it evens out. There's like a 0% migration. That sounds like a study written by a Mexican. (laughs) 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 Well, I was wondering whether or not it takes into account illegal immigration. And if it does, how could they possibly know what the numbers are? They don't. It seems like they don't. Otherwise, you're watching the people come in, you're counting them, and then you know where they are. 
And then you just, then you're like a part of the problem. You're like letting them come over the border. Like how many people come over the border every day and get away with it? A lot. Oh yeah. I know like five people that came over here from Mexico. They just come over. Yeah, they just come over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would too, for sure. I, I just think there's, there's two ways to handle this. This is what I think. I think if you want to like go into the magical mystery world of, of impossible ideas, the best impossible ideas help Mexico so much that they don't want to come over here because it's awesome over there too. Like help them figure out how to make Mexico awesome. But they're not going to do that. Because the best way to get people to work for a buck a day in uh, some fucking Under Armour factory or Nike factory or whatever they do down in Japan, which is totally legal, you know, if they want to do that down in Mexico or... Volkswagen. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of companies make shit down in Mexico. And the reason why they do it is they bring jobs to impoverished communities. These people get a chance to make money more than they ever would have made on their own without these plants. But they're working for significantly less than they would if they were living in the United States. So... It gets it gets real weird. It's like, you know, yeah, is it better for them than it used to be? Absolutely. But is it as good for them as it is here? Fuck no. Well, is it okay for a company to keep people in a position where they're never going to be in as good a position as they would if they were working in the United States with our laws? Is it okay? I don't know. I don't know. It's true. If you buy an iPhone, you kind of you kind of a part of the problem. If you're buying sneakers, most likely. You're, they're not making sleek sneakers in Columbus. Do they have iPhones in Mexico? They, they make them. them. No. They I make got, some of them. Yeah. Do they make some of them in Mexico? Some in Mexico. Some of them in China. What if they jump off of Mexico? No, because they're fucking hardworking people. They're not going to dive off the building like a pussy. They're going to finish their job, and they're going to have some tequila and party. Yeah. They do that. Mexicans have fun. They're the wrong people to hate. I know. Right. Like, Mexicans have awesome food. They're festive. They're very family-oriented. I mean, yeah, there's drug violence, but that's just human beings. Like, the Mexican culture is they're pretty fucking chill. You know, like, as, as far as, like, having neighbors, like, dude, you could have, your next-door neighbors could be, like, some crazy North Koreans that want to kill you. Like, if you're living in South Korea, you got real immigration problems. you got a real problem with your border because you've got North Korea and South Korea. What, your fucking next-door neighbors run by a, a murderous dictator. That's worse that's way worse what do we got we got beaches taco stands people are cool as fuck they like bullfighting that's a little weird <laughs> dude that's the best <laughs> that's the shit i watched an amazing documentary on netflix about bullfighting what an in i sort of want to go see it but i want to go to spain to see it i think the big ones are in spain you're gonna have to do it soon I have a feeling they're going to slowly make that shit illegal. People, there's so much pressure. Wait till you see the, I mean, there's seen stadiums no. filled. I mean, it's like. No, I understand. But there's also a lot of protesters, even in these European countries, where it's been a tradition. You know, it's a fucked up way for these animals to die. You know, it is, it is very weird. I mean, occasionally the matador gets it. And that's, that's something that you don't see in America. There's not a single thing that we do where you have that much of a possibility of getting murked. By a huge animal with horns on its head. This is not, I mean, bull riding, I guess, sort of, but I guess those guys do get stomped. Yeah, they do. But they're not trying to kill the bull. Right. It's a totally different kind of an exchange. The bull rider is a guy who's just trying to hang on for eight seconds. The matador, I mean, that shit will take a while. And they're going to stab the fuck out of that thing. People are going to hand him different swords. He's going to try to stab it in the back of the neck. 
and you got a bunch of people that are helping them too, and they're poisoning that thing and throwing poison darts into it. Yeah, and and the, and the, and to get like bigger, to get more famous as a matador, like you take more chances. You yeah. know, there's this thing, one move where like you just get down on your knees and like spread your legs before they let the bull out. And your whole thing is like that first move because it comes out of the, you see it coming around the corner when they release it. And you you, you have your back to the bull? You are starting like, yeah, like down, not not back to the bull. That would be the gangster you're move. You're down on your knees. And Someone's you, got to do it that way. <laughs> back, that'd be, that'd put be, your back to the bull like. I think that's a little. Like blade. Wesley Snipes? Just jump up and slice its neck off as it comes towards you. Celebrity Matador <laughs> would be a great show. Wesley Snipes versus a bull. Did you see the most recent bull attack matador thing where it went up his asshole? Yeah. The horn literally went up his asshole, tore his insides apart, and this thing is just ragdolling him with a horn in his mm. asshole. God. I think he died. Yeah, I think he, he died, did right? Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, that shit can happen. But, I mean, I think they eat the bull. But it's just a fucked up way to do it. Like I guess I guess it's a it's a tradition, but you gotta think this is like a barbaric tradition from days gone by when people didn't know any better. It's did, a very slow death too. Did they eat yeah. all those dead reindeers that got electrocuted by lightning? Good question. I was thinking about that. Is reindeer good meat? Yeah, it's caribou. Reindeer and caribou are basically the same thing, it's just different names for it. Caribou is one of the most delicious of all game animals, apparently. They're also one of the rare um Deer, where the females have antlers too. Like the male and the female have antlers. They all have antlers. It's to fight off wolves, apparently. Mm. So the males have antlers to like headbutt each other and like, what, bitch? But the females have antlers to like protect their children. Maybe that's just a theory. Maybe they're all androgynous. Yeah. Maybe they just live it up in the tundra that just, just makes hard bitches. A lot of the women in Alaska look like they could be. It's Pat. Even the female deers are <laughs> giant lesbians. It's a hard life up there for a caribou. Plus, they're all on this migration. So uh, when you see caribous marching across the field, you'll see like maybe even hundreds of them. But they're all in a line. Like you're fo- there's a line of them. So you see them coming from like a mile away. So you just get in position. You find out where they're going to be. Go down past where they are right now. They're, they seem to be going in this direction. Sit down. Wait. Set the gun up. And what, what, let them walk close. That's what people do. They let him walk close and ba-blang. Blam, blam, we're eating ham. <laughs> delicious ham. It's so good, though. Caribou's delicious. So 300 of them died because they were all in a rainstorm, and they were all on wet grass, and the electricity hit, the lightning bolt hit, and they all got cooked. Ooh, that would have been crazy video. It says there was uh. five still walking around when they showed up, too, but they had to put them down. <sighs> Why? Because they they saw too much crazy shit? PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) They were like Vietnam vets. Fuck, man. Look what they did to my crew. They were all sad. Rudolph, no. Caribou who? Lightning is fucking crazy. You really stop and think about the fact that there are these things that float in the sky. And out of them come impossibly powerful beams of electricity that split trees down the middle. And cook people. My friend Remy, who I was talking about earlier, where his dad owns that uh, um, Linex place, he got hit by lightning when he was in high school. And he, uh, he talked about it on the podcast. And he just said it was just like you didn't even realize what happened until after it happened, like way after it happened. He was just trying to come to, try to figure out why the fuck he was on the ground. 
And like, what happened? Like, it just shuts. Your whole system just gets barbecue. Where I'm from in Youngstown, Ohio, we had this old legendary guy called Green Guy. And he got struck by lightning as a kid and literally was green forever. What? Some green dude. What, the what he was a real green? guy? Yeah, a real guy that was just green. Maybe he was purple. It's been a long time. but Purple guy or green guy? Here it is. There you go. Green guy. Green man. That's him? Where's that well, photo That says of him? Western Pennsylvania, but that's next to Whoa, me. I, I'm in Eastern uh, Jamie, Ohio. what's that photo? Beaver Falls, yeah. What's wrong? He looks like Snoopy or something. He is that he lost his face? Is that what it is? This is a black and white picture, so you can't really tell that he's green, Find but he's green. Find a better uh, version of the story so we can read it. Or watch mm. it. He lost his eyes, nose, and one arm. Oh, yeah. He got electrocuted. That's what it is. There was a... Um, a story that I was seeing on uh, some, I believe it was a YouTube video the other day of this guy who was hiking and he saw a bear that was dead, this giant bear. And uh, he went up to it and poked it with his knife and immediately exploded in electricity. He lost his arm, lost his vision, lost, I think it lost his hearing, might have lost one of his legs. Just got hit with an impossible bolt of electricity because the bear had dug into a power wire Ooh. and bitten into the power wire. And he just, by touching it with his knife, he just tapped right into that power and blew his arm completely off of his body. Yeah. I've seen, uh, you know, a few of those videos. And what's crazy about electricity also that a lot of people don't factor in is that it sticks you right where you are. Mm. I once got electrocuted really badly at my grandma's house when I was a kid. Uh, she, you know, she had like these old, those old type of light bulbs that were like old oh, fluorescent yeah ones, fluorescent yeah they'd yeah. be like ding 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 yeah. ding and you know little metal handle on the sink and i remember i grabbed the handle and wow and you can't get your hand off <sighs> the handle that's the thing with electricity is you're stuck so you're like this sucks and you can't pull away you're trying but it sticks you there so I imagine like a lot of people have just had creepy fucking deaths from electricity because you can't get away from it it keeps you there yeah electric fence when i was a kid i was trying to climb up this fence to hang out with some cows or, or horses or something and i grabbed onto it and it was electric and i was like i couldn't let go i remember just and it's like five seconds but it feels like forever electricity is so bizarre the fact that we have electrical signals in our own body and that electricity is in everyone's house like this room like think about how much you take electricity for granted but how much it shapes modern life it's very rare you're not around electricity, but electricity itself is only like a couple of hundred years old, yeah. like as an invention, like people harnessing it. Like what the Ben Franklin, when, when was that experiment, if you had to guess? When did Ben Franklin have that kite with the key, key hanging from it? I would say 17. If you had to guess. 60. 1760. Uh, I would say, wow, that's a crazy one to think of. 18... 76. Well, he was like a 1776 guy, right? So he was was a part of the, uh, he was one of the founding fathers, so. 1752. 1752, this motherfucker's out there with a a kite. First of all, how baller must America been back then? Just no, no lights. Benjamin Franklin was a beast, man. He did like a lot of stuff. Smoked a lot of weed. Is that true? Yep, I just made it up. (laughs) <laughs> That's from like uh, Dazed and Confused Other or something. How high that was. <laughs> Huge pothead. Who you else guys flies are talking a kite? over each other, Jamie? What did you say? Oh, that wasn't how high. That was this bong at the end of the Method Man movie. That's what, what? It probably was a pothead because I think he grew it, didn't he? Yeah, I think so for 
Yeah. Yeah. If you look, Google Ben Franklin weed, I'm I'm pretty sure he like not only did he grow it, I think he talked about smoking it. Days and Confuser was that whole scene about how he grew weed and smelled like, yeah, Ben Franklin, man, he grew his weed. <laughs> they all were getting high back then. Of course, they knew about it. If they knew about it, they were using it. It just didn't have the stigma it does today. America's founding fathers loved hemp. Yeah, didn't he write something? George Washington wrote something about it as well? I sort of saw it said that he had a hemp paper mill. Yeah, I man. Ben Franklin did. Well, this is back when they, you know, the whole thing that fucked hemp up was um, the uh, cotton gin. When Eli Whitney came up with a cotton gin, it made it easier for them to process cotton because before they had to use slaves. And it was, uh, you know, it was a real pain in the ass. And the same thing with hemp. Like, what, the, what they had to use with hemp was they had, used to have to beat it down to get to the fiber. You used to have to smash it. And like, it was a, like a long, laborious process. But that's what they used for everything. They, they, the reason why canvas is called canvas is from the word cannabis. Like, hemp is what the actual paper that's used to make canvas. Like, when you, like, make a painting, you see, like, the Leonardo da Vinci uh, uh, paintings or Mona Lisa or something like that. That stuff is all on hemp. Like, they made them on hemp. Like, one of the first drafts of the Declaration of Independence, they wrote it on hemp because hemp paper was real common. But then they came up with uh, a, a more economically efficient way to process cotton and hemp fell off then when slavery became abolished hemp really fell off because you know it's it wasn't economically feasible until the 1930s then the 1930s they invented this thing called the decorticator and the decorticator allowed them to like really effectively and almost instantly process the hemp fires this great big crazy machine that you crank and as soon as that came out, that's when William Randolph Hearst started running all those ads about black people and Mexicans smoking marijuana and raping white women. It was all just to try to stop the hemp industry. They turned it into a marijuana thing. We're still suffering to this day. Amazing. You can grow hemp now, right, in the United States? Some spots, Are, yeah. Is Onnit getting it yet? From... Well, we're, we're being real careful. Mm. With, <laughs> yeah. With, we're being real careful with this marijuana thing because, uh, well— one day we're for sure going to get involved in either Colorado or Washington State. For sure. Why wouldn't we sell like super healthy weed? We'll find it. But it's not. This is just too touch and go right now mm -hmm. with legalization. It's too sketchy. Federal government is still telling people that they can't get guns. This is the most recent um, ruling that you can't have a gun if you have a medical marijuana card, which is fucking insane because you can drink booze all day long. Excuse me. You could take pharmaceutical pills, opiates all day long. If you wanted to, you can do a bunch of different mind altering things and still legally possess a gun, but you can't smoke pot. If there's any drug that you should have while you're high, it's when you have a gun, rather, it's pot. If there's any drug, it's pot. Because yeah. that's the drug that's going to make you go, no, nah, I want to shoot anybody, man. Right. You know, like all the other ones are going to like displace your reality. All the other ones are going to put you in a position where you're, you're probably going to feel less inhibition. And you're, you're probably more likely to shoot someone if you're drunk. You're probably more likely to shoot someone if you're on pills. Yeah. Crazy fucks. Yeah. That whole pot thing's messed up. So uh, back to Ann Coulter. Yeah. So this silly bitch. So what does she try to do? She tries to write her own jokes then? Yeah. You know, there's, you know, I, like I worked with Martha Stewart for the Bieber roast. And she crushed it. Crushed it. Crushed and it. The first thing she said to me was, I want to kill as hard as I can. So hook it up. And I'm Martha like, Stewart's done time. That's what I okay. want you to do. Yeah, she's the best ever. She's been in the pokey. She understands shit. 
mm-hmm. at a level and Coulter with her privileged lifestyle of white people everywhere she goes. Correct. And so Ann Coulter basically says that, you know, she doesn't like this joke. She doesn't like that joke. She rewrites this. She puts a pitch for a book at the top. Mm. First off, she was like uh, third to last. She was second to Rob Lowe. It went Ann Coulter, Jeff Ross, Rob Lowe, end of show, right? So all these people went before her. Ralph Macchio, Nikki Glaser, Pete Davidson, Jimmy Carr, uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and she got lit up. And I mean big time. Peyton Manning, Jewel, everybody. They'd hit everybody on the dais, you know, because you always make fun of everybody of at course. a roast. Of course. And then you get the, the main target at the end of your thing. But when people went in on Ann Coulter, they went in hard, you know, mm. like very hard. Like Jimmy Carr had this one joke, which I loved, which I'm going to completely, you know, destroy right now because I, I don't know exactly how he set up. But it was something like, Ann Coulter is here. And you ugly, ratchet-faced piece of shit scumbuckets. <laughs> yeah. Like, something like they that. Just, like, that. five insulting <laughs> words. Just, gagada, 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 gagada. <sighs> he goes, you are one of the most insufferable human beings on the planet. But it's not too late. You can change. You could kill yourself. And the crowd just, <laughs> boom. I mean, just, everybody hated her. So she was great to have on the dais. Wow. She could have killed me and Mike Lawrence, who's a huge pro wrestling fan, and Sarah Tiana who's an old school pro wrestling fan, we looked at her like, wow, we can write her as a heel. She'll own it. It'll be great. We're all going to look like superstars because we were able to make Ann Coulter funny. But instead, halfway through the week, we realized like, oh no, she doesn't get it and she wants to do this. And you don't want to scare her away from not being on the roast. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like, hey, you're going to you're going to do terrible because <laughs> then they, you know, there's a chance that you might not do it. And we wanted her there because, you know, gonna shit if she's going to do good, great. Everybody's going to shit on her. But also, you know, worse comes to worse. People love a train wreck. And this was a train wreck. Super train wreck. This Can we was play like, any of it, you think? No. This was like yanked? a gif of a train wreck. Just I got to watch boom, it. Boom, boom. She was terrible. And. The one thing Comedy Central did do, which is hilarious, is the reaction shots that they chose for <clears throat> her jokes, like when she was on stage, uh, are hilarious. Like it just cuts to just people just sort of just studying. Well, it. she made her bones in the safest, softest world, which is the world of like political commentary where there's five different people and everybody's shouting over everybody and you don't have to say anything that's really relevant. Right. And especially her, because she's just a button pusher. Oh. She's a white lady button pusher. And she gets up there and she says crazy things like, if Canada doesn't like it, we'll invade them. Yeah. You know, she says stupid shit like that that she doesn't even mean. You know, and like, this is what she does. She pushes buttons and Bill Maher calls her his friend and they laugh together. Oh, ha, 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 ha. And she lives in this soft world. That world that she stepped into is not just one of the hardest worlds, but for a person like her to go on after someone like Jimmy Carr and get crushed and then attempt to plug her book and all that jazz. Like, I, I bet she has no idea what the average person's perception of her is because she's dealing with that bubble that fucking talk show bunch of dc crazy yeah. idiots yeah well, that that weird bubble where she's kind of legitimate in that bubble and you know she's the button pusher oh here's come crazy ann yeah you know she thinks she's wacky and another thing is you know one of the main things that a roast is when you get made fun of you should laugh yeah 
because it shows that you have a sense of humor. That's like the main thing. That's why Trump did it. Now he could be president. Charlie Sheen did it. You, you know, think that like, pr- Trump could be president because he did a roast? Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber's the number one artist in the world. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, it's all roast. That's what it is. If you can handle the roast. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to get you to want to do a Joe Rogan roast. Oh, That's what we want. Out of here. Joe Rogan. So when Ann Coulter does this, I'm changing the subject immediately. immediately. Look I'm at not, that. I'm not doing your roast. I'm not being mean to you, and I don't want you being mean to me. <laughs> exactly. But when you do this roast with Ann Coulter, what happens when people are joking about her? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's the best thing is she did not laugh at anything about her. And she always just had the same look on her face and it stuck. That's it. Every single joke. Like you just put in just basically, hey, we want you to die. That's the look that it would cut back to in the crowd when you're watching it on TV. That's funny because... She's not laughing. It's he called her hatchet faced. Oh, ratchet hatchet horse. something. Oh, it was a horse face. Well, Pey- Peyton she- Manning said, "I'm not the only champion up here." Ann Coulter won the Kentucky Derby a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> Peyton Manning annihilated. Now that's Did a guy he? who, you know, and Sarah Tiana was really hands on with him, and you know, he got his script. Made tweaks, studied it all week. He put it in prompter himself. He's with the prompter guy, you know, before the show, making sure that every word is perfect, exactly where he wants it. And he stole the show. Him and Jewel were the two best. Jewel the singer? Yes. No shit. She was so great. Really? One of the things she said right at the top of her set, you know, she's like, you know, as a feminist, I can't agree with everything that I've heard up here tonight. But as a person who hates Ann Coulter, just <laughs> boom. she annihilated. She's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Who her, wrote for her? Um, that was uh, sort of the room. Uh, hands on a lot was a guy named George Reinblatt, good roast writer. Uh, some other people. Such Sarah, a smart Sarah move. Tiana's in on that too. Such yeah. a smart move to pair them up with comics yeah. and coach them through it. Oh well, I mean they, they wouldn't have a chance on their own. I know, but I mean yeah. as far as like entertainment value, like it could have been a, a gross clusterfuck if you got to see their own real ideas. Right. But yeah, it's but definitely for, better. And you know they're you know they're reading an awesome prompter. It's show business. So you would say that Martha Stewart's like the best ever. I mean, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but yeah. She's the best ever roaster. She's just a freakishly great human being at everything she does. She's like the best. She's a baller, dude. Not only did she have more prison time than all those other people on the dais, like Snoop and Shaq, you know, like she's just a killer. She killed. She's a billionaire. She's a, you know, assassin. They put her her in jail for some weird shit too, right? Was it like knowledge of a stock sale or something like that? Insider trading. Insider trading. trading. How does that work? So if you say if you have a stock, okay, and you know, you're you're working in some company and like, hey dude, I'm just letting you know right now, uh, we're about to sell, sell, sell. So if you wanna get out, get out now. And I'm like, Oh shit, thanks dude, I'm getting out. And then I do that, I'm supposed to just sit by and not do that and lose money? Like how's that work? Like well, if you tell me that some shit's going down and I should bail out immediately and I don't bail out I lose all my money then I get to stay out of jail is that how it works I'm pretty sure like you just can't be super blatant about it like the SEC <laughs> or whatever it is uh, I can't remember what it is but uh, Securities and Exchange Council yeah so they uh, commission uh, commission like if they see that you just sold you know millions of dollars worth of stocks <laughs> the day or two before something absurd happens with that company then you know, it's sort of blatant. Did you ever see all that stuff that's connected to 9-11? There's another 9-11 thing. It's how many people sold American Airlines stock 
how many people predicted that American Airlines stock would crash. It's all like Illuminati type Bloom, Bloom, not Bloomberg. What are those people? Bilderberg, Bilderberg characters. Yeah. Selling American Airlines stock. It's probably bullshit. Did you ever Snopes that? I'm looking right now. It says false. It says false? But wait a minute. I saw this documentary on YouTube. Put paid. What does it say? On September 11th, blah, 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 blah. The operation had taken years to plan. What's it saying, Jamie? False. Status false. Only to delay the takeoff, blah, 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 blah. This is a long ass paragraph. I'm surprised it wasn't Spirit Airlines that went into the. No shit. I wish it was. Spirit's a real airline? They're the the worst. worst. (laughs) What's Spirit Airline? It's like all the planes that get like graffitied and stuff. They just (laughs) turn them into Spirit Airlines. (sighs) Goodwill. Goodwill Airline. Yeah, it's like they get like push started and shit. They're terrible. You have to pay just to print out your your itinerary ticket. Yeah, and you have to pay per bag, like any bag, like your purse is a bag. Anything they would charge you for your fanny pack, dude. Yeah, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" Well, there was a time where the lady told me that I had to take it off and put it under the seat. Your fanny your pack. Fanny pack. Yep. Yep. Get she out of here. She was just a cunt. Weren't you the one that told me that you couldn't use Bluetooth headphones yes. on a plane? I, I use them all the time. I've never been told anything. Yeah, you're not supposed to. According to the lady that talked to the guy who was sitting next to me, she said he couldn't do it. You can't do it. Sir, are those Bluetooth? You're going to have to take them off. <laughs> Different oh. lady. Not the same lady. My goodness. But, the, the, but one person ever has told me I have to take the fanny pack off and put it under the seat. Wait, that is so stupid. It's like connected to me. It's just yeah. it's your belt. It's like it's just like a type of pocket. Yeah. Can I it's just like, put it in my pocket? Where do you stuff it in lot. my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> if I stuff my fanny pack in my pocket, it was just she was just being a cunt. But yeah. we've all seen that, you know. Yeah. People. Do you remember weird. that Airbus that used to take you to Columbus? Mm-hmm. What was that bus? It was Airbus. It was called Airbus. Was it JetBlue? Or JetBlue. Something? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't JetBlue. It was just called Airbus. Airbus? Yeah, and it was like $40. Well, we flew once. We took this shit once, and the guy fucked up his landing and had to start all over again. He went down and then pulled out, and we go back up again. I was like, this motherfucker just had a panic attack. I had that happen to me a few months ago. Oh, my God. But it was like, you know, $40 a ticket. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so cheap. And there was a direct flight, which they don't have that. They have one direct flight to Columbus, Ohio nowadays. Really? Yeah. That's why I had that happen to me a few weeks or months ago or something, and uh, and it was flying back home to L.A., and that was not cool. It's a scary thing because you you get used to landing, you know, yeah. your first whatever twenty thirty flights. You're like, well, we're landing, look out! Yeah. But then you get so used to it that you know what happens. It's gonna just jerk a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what what's crazy is that to get it back up. After going down, like they have to go full steam all the way. Engines yeah. that are, normally are actually pretty chill, because like a bird, they sort of just, you know, you don't have to go full blast. But when they do go full blast, shit gets crazy. Mm-hmm. And they really had to do that there. I mean, when you're, we are down, like we are very close to landing. But he was coming in too fast. He said oh. afterwards, and just you just hear bong, dun, 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 like engines just oh boom, God. and all of a sudden everything's shaking, and you're like like that they had to like really pull up hard it was Jesus scary man Christ yeah one of those like one out of every whatever thousands yeah. that probably that happens to there was a Trump plane that didn't have the uh, landing gear pop out once remember when Trump had an Airlines Trump Airlines do you remember that no Trump had Trump Airlines 
and uh, they were landing, and the landing gear didn't come down, so they skid in. Like, they just, the bottom of the plane just scraped against the ground. Sparks were flying. Yeah. Yeah, Trump Airlines, Donald Trump. He had that Airlines when he was younger than me. Like, this motherfucker's been, he's been rich for a long-ass time. Look at him there. Donald J. Trump. Is that him in the police car? That's Bobby Kennedy. Is it? Um, so, 29th of September, you and I are in Columbus. Oh, yeah, shit. That's Should right. Should be fun. At the Palace Theater, and then we're at the Tower Theater in Philly on October 1st. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Boston's Wilbur Theater October 8th. Oh, my that's goodness. Huge. Young Tony Hinchcliffe, are you filming something there? I'm, I'm going to try to. Yeah? Yeah. You thinking about it? Yeah. It's just something. We'll see. We'll see what it turns How into. How many shows are you doing that night? Two? Just one. Just one. Just Ooh. one in and out. Whoa. Easy breezy. Beautiful. And you film it. Am I film it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I got nothing it's to good lose. Spot. It's a good pot. Who knows what can happen? Well, you were well received last time you were there with me. Yeah. A bunch was, of savages there. That's my kind of city, man. Those are people that like it hard, continuous, rough, no oohs and ahs, just... Plus, you're going to be there in October, which is like the last bursts of excitement before the freeze. Yeah. Like in November and December and January and February and then March, people start coming back to life again. And guess where I'm going October 18th Where are you 30th, going, bitch? Place I've been to with you before. We saw a little lady get kicked in the head. Place called Australia, my oh. friend. I am headlining shows see. all by myself like a big boy. We did see a lady get kicked in the head. Sydney, yeah. uh, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Beautiful. The end of Australia. Or the end of October in Australia. Dude. Yeah, we That's did awesome. see her get kicked in the head. We did. Are you going to that same place that we went to in uh, Melbourne? I'm not exactly sure the venues. I know I'm doing the Comedy Store in Sydney. Mm. You ever done that? The Comedy Store in Sydney I did do, yeah. I did it with Ari. We did a uh, show at a theater, and then on Sunday we came back and did... Uh, I think what we did was the fights were Sunday, because the fights were a day ahead, but they were Sunday in the morning. And so that day, we contacted the comedy store and said, hey, we want to do a show. So we decided to do a show that night. That's what we did. So yeah, I definitely yeah. did it. It's a nice little club. I'm super excited because I guess like that's the beginning of their summer or something at the end of October. I don't think it gets cold there, though. I don't really like, get it at it's all. It's a joke. Like Summer, winter, it's a joke. It's yeah. always warm. Like Australia, like Sydney is pretty Beautiful. much perfect weather. Yeah. They say it's like the Dallas of Australia. They're like, like, uh, what the do they TV call them? show or the city? No, no, like the city, <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas. What? I don't even remember that TV show. But they, um, what do they call them? Cashed up bogans. Do you know what a cashed up bogan is? Mm. Well, this is some. You're gonna have to learn this terminology. A cashed up bogan is like a really rich redneck. Like, uh, if a guy in Dallas had like a uh, a Jeep Wrangler with fucking 45 inch tires and a light bar in the roof, and and he's driving by the club with music playing, and he's got a Rolex on with diamonds on it, but he's obviously trash. That's a that's a cashed up bogan in America. Get it? That makes sense. I feel like there's going to be some cashed up bogans at some of my shows. They'll definitely be there for sure. They're going to know you. They're going to say, what do you think about Cyborg, mate? Is she going to fuck you? <laughs> you know how often I get that, by the way, just randomly? I was at the grocery store the other day, and someone hit me with that. You better look out. Yeah. And at the UFC on Saturday, I got it a couple times, actually. You got to find her and take a picture with her. Totally. It would make the internet explode. Ease everything Let her out. get you in a headlock. Yeah. Take a picture. She could put me in a headlock. I'll uh, 
grab her dick and squeeze it. <laughs> there you go again. Oh, I did it again, you motherfuckers. You think I'm afraid? Do you really think I'm afraid? Where is it? This one? Come on. Oh, Tony. Good Lord. Just hey, man, kidding. I you, love got a, you got a shot at uh, the Joker now that Jared Leto, mm-hmm. they, kinda, they didn't enjoy him as the Joker. I thought he looked great. He's a, f- a wonderful actor. I don't know what went wrong, but he's not, it's not really working out for America. Yeah. Now's your chance. I'm I'm totally ready. If you want to help me produce it, we could do it, dude. The one somebody okay. made put that they put that head on a better Joker body for that thing that he just Instagrammed, and it's a better version of it. But I really want to do it. Yeah, that Suicide Squad movie was not well Did received. Did you see? I it? didn't see it. I but you know what I saw that was fucking good? Um, Hell or High Water. Dude, it's really awesome good. Movie. It's like a western, right? Yeah, yeah. it's Jeff Bridges and um, what is his name? Ben Cohen is that the guy's name? The um, Ben Foster is that his Foster, name? Foster, I think. Ben Foster, who's a really good actor. He's been in a gang of movies. He's like one of those guys that just steals movies in the background. You know what he was awesome in? One of my favorite vampire movies ever. I know it sounds ridiculous. I sound like a twelve-year-old. But Thirty <laughs> Days of Night. Did you ever see Thirty Days mm-hmm. of Night? There he is. Him and um, that other dude. The Star Wars dude, Captain Kirk, the new Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. It's a good fucking movie, man. Good fucking movie. Fun. I saw Don't Breathe the other day in theaters, and that's a good one, too. What's that? It's about a bunch of kids that like go around and steal stuff from houses, and then they find out that there's this old Vietnam vet who, uh, who won a huge settlement, and they have a feeling that, they, that he probably has it in cash, and they show up to his house, and, you know... He's blind, it turns out. So they're like, ooh, he's blind. This is going to be fucking great. Well, the catch is is he can hear you and he can smell you and Whoa. shit gets crazy. The trailer is really good. And who is he? A bad motherfucker. I don't know, but I've been seeing him in my nightmares and picturing his head poking in <laughs> my bedroom in that, uh, door lately. That movie Kevin Smith made, Red State, I mm-hmm. think it was called, where he was like the he was the preacher. Oh, that, that guy's excellent. Yeah, he's really. What is his name? his name? I'll look it up. I Find out his topic. name. That guy's excellent. He's so scary. In Did this. you ever see Red State? Like, do you see that? No. Do you see that one there, where next to the one that says "Don't breathe," where don't, he's just don't walking you spoil by? Alert me, yeah. fuck. Don't you spoil it? But he's man. blind. So imagine. Shh, anyway. Don't you spoil it, man. All right. Well, you got to see it. You got to see that oh, that's in not death the guy from. That's not the same guy. That's a different guy. That's the guy from Avatar. Is he the guy from Avatar? He's the Marine from Avatar. Oh, he might be right, yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking of a different guy. But you also have to see Death Proof. You have you have to make up for that because that's all about stunt cars and like Kurt Russell kills it in this movie. I feel like I told you this like twenty times. I think times. you have told me. You a gotta few see times. Death Proof, Brian. I, I love it. it. Made me never put my legs up on the outside the window when you're in the Spoiler. passenger. That's Spoiler. good. <laughs> there you go. You saw Jungle Book, right? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. No. He's the guy from Avatar, not what I said. Yeah, Stephen Lang. That's who. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker too, though. This guy's excellent. He's excellent in everything. Kills it. In this he's movie. one of those guys that you just see in the background. Avatar two. But uh, Ben Foster, that's his name, right? That Thirty Days a Night performance. That's when I first found out about him. He played like the vampire familiar. They had these vampires that would go to Alaska because it wouldn't get night. It wouldn't get light out for like a month. You know, there's like spots in Alaska where they have like a never-ending winter. You ever work Alaska? No. Dude, you got We got to do a gig in the summer in Anchorage. It's Let's a, go. It's Take a me two hunting. part trip. Nah. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need some work. It's, it's hard enough for me. I, right. I can't hold your hand. All right. Uh, but fishing's easy. 
Okay. And uh, fishing in Alaska is fucking awesome, too. So you go salmon fishing, and then you do shows at night. You come out. You do a midnight show. It's 2.30 in the morning. You go outside. It's light out. That's cool. It's just light. It's just light. It barely gets dark. It gets dark for like the tiniest amount of time, but it's not really dark. It gets like 7.30 p.m. dark, and then it becomes light again. It's real weird. I like that. Those are my hours. (laughs) That might as well be when the sun's up for me. Yeah, Alaska is cool as fuck, too. Like Anchorage in particular, people up there are super nice. Like normal, like fun. You can hang out with them and talk to them, and they're they're very, uh, they're hardy people. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of pussies that live up there. You just really can't. You really can't be a pussy and survive in Alaska. You know, like, it's not the way the people are, and it's not the way the environment is. It's like, in order to survive in that environment, you got to be a self-sustaining person. you got to be able to change a tire. you got to be able to dig yourself out of a, a snowstorm. you got to be able to start a fire. You might have to make a nice tent, one of those ice igloos to survive. That's where Jewel's from. Alaska. She is. Yeah. She, do you know her family is the, the those people that are on that reality show? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody had the joke, like, they're like the Kardashians if they were freezing to death. <laughs> <laughs> she seems very smart, too. Jewel, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, man, this was the one. Like, she, I mean, her and Peyton both, like, but, like, for, for example, one of the cool things was, like, doing sound check earlier in the afternoon. She's just, there was a part where, like, they had to reload the prompter or something like that. She's just doing a run-through. But she did her performance with a guitar in her hand. And she would only play in between while, like, people are dying of laughter. You know, just like that. And then she would stop and she would start her next joke. Oh, that's hilarious. What a great idea. I mean, if you have all the writers of the roast laughing, then it's, you did it. You know what I mean? Because we've we've been laughing about these jokes for a week already. So we're watching you for your third time saying them and we're still cracking up. What did you think about Roast Battle being on television? Were you happy with the way it came out or did you feel like it was too big and... I love it. I, I love it. I think that it's going to get better. I feel like that's like UFC 1. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think that it should be regular. I think that it should get bigger. I think they shouldn't just make it a once a year special event. I want to see it every week. I want to see it get bigger and breathe and let it grow and get the cameras right. How often should they have Ralphie May back? <laughs> I don't think Ralphie will do it anymore. Um, do you think that they, like, the, the way they're doing it right now in these big environments, do you think that takes anything away from it? Like, don't you think that, like, I, like I was watching it, and I'm, like, looking at where the judges are and the performers are, and everything's all so lit up, and I'm like, this is not the belly room. Like, part of the beauty of roast battle is how intimate it is. You're preaching to the choir on that one. Why don't they just do it in the belly room? You're preaching to the, exactly I mean, I'm the guy that literally, like, I mean, I've been annoying, you know, Jeff and Brian and everybody about this since they started it years ago. I literally was going, you should be doing with this show what we're doing with Kill Tony and just get it out there. I mean, and have, they, if they had, if they put that thing on the internet, that would be huge. Huge. And people would be, you get a you become a bigger fan as you see it more and you learn yeah. the characters more. I mean, it's ex- there's like literally why, like why 75 UFC analogies with this thing, with Roast Battle, because, you know, there's different styles and all this stuff and you sort of have to be good at everything. You have to be able to hit a rebuttal and you have to be able to just do a joke right in the pocket. And, uh, you know, it's Plus, timing and execution and 
yeah. haters table too. It's been it's been like clipped. It's been edited. It's been censored. It's not the the roast battle that we know because it's kind of like the TV version of it. Even well, the wave didn't make sense. Well, the racist stuff that Skakel yeah. says is so ridiculous and over the top, but <laughs> right. so hilarious. Yeah. Certainly, some things aren't going to make it to Comedy Central. They already well, they pushed put them the on limits. YouTube. Totally, they should have just, just done it on YouTube from the jump. Totally. Well, the podcast. You know, you can download the podcast. That's at Death Squad. And that's pretty what, much... Roast Battle? Yeah, it's called Verbal Violence. So we have the, the Roast Battle uncensored on there. So you can hear all the stuff. You can hear there. everything? Yeah. How can you, you don't talk about that? Play the Roast Battles? Yeah, it's called Verbal Violence. It's uh, We're on like th- a lot of episodes. We've been doing it for a while. How come you never talk about that? I always talk about it. I've never heard you talk about that once. Yeah. Yeah, I've literally never heard you talk about a podcast where you take all the roast battles and yeah, you put it online. It's, it's uh, do the you, roasters all know they're being put online? Oh yeah, uh, it's been on for over a year. It's uh, you know how do I not know this? Brian do Moses you know this? and uh, Jamie, you know it? Yeah, Coach T records them all. They sound yeah. pretty good. Coach T they does do a real interviews. good job on it. They 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 they, they do something like like if uh, Kim they'll have Kim as a guest, Kim Congdon. Then they'll interview her about her battle, and they'll play the whole battle, and then. Uh, so they they make it like special events. So it's not like last night's is going to be on there. They they just yeah, pick out all like, the good ones. All they the talk good to battles. like they think they 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 interview the people and they'll like reflect on the battles. Mm. And they don't play the whole battles the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. They don't play all of them though. Like they'll pit, they'll play the whole thing and then in between they'll interrupt a little. Uh, oh, so he just edits it and does whatever he wants and cuts yeah. in and out of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's good. It's good for podcasts because they they kind of have to explain some of the battles because a lot of the battles are inside jokes and stuff and so that that's why they have like kind of cuts in between where they talk. Why don't about you them. film it? Uh, they do. They they film it on Periscope. Uh, and, well, why don't you put it on YouTube? Uh, I think I don't know why they don't do it. It's I don't think they're allowed to with the deal. Not anymore. Made. Yeah. Yeah. With the Comedy Central deal, yeah. the new thing. Yeah, but they could have. They've been doing this That's for over a year. That's what I'm saying. Is they don't. Then I don't even think. I don't think these networks get it yet. That if they had, if they had built a huge built-in following. Then you get those numbers when they switch over. Those people are always going to go find the TV show. Well, they figured it out with This Is Not Happening. Yeah. They figured it out with Ari's show. I mean, Ari's show started out as a Comedy Central internet show, which was basically uncensored and had l- much longer stories. Like Joey could tell like a 10-minute story or something on that, whereas now everything has to fit into those commercial breaks. So they're editing a lot of stories. You know, they chop stories up and they shorten them and take a little of this out and take a little of that out. The best way is to see them live, mm-hmm. you know, especially roast battle. Same thing with the actual roast, too. I wish that it was more live and you would see, like, the highs and the lows because it makes the highs a lot better. You yeah, really... why don't they do them live? Why don't they just have a live event? Is it too difficult to film a live TV event? It's expensive, right? It's know. a lot more expensive. I think they just get to go in and really perfect it. Like, you know, the little bit that I did watch last night, I... You know, Joel Gallen, the EP of that roast, who's done every single roast, all the MTV Video Awards. Like, he's the guy. He's a genius. And to get to see the reaction shots that he does hmm. match them up with, that you can only get, like, halfway there live. But to see, you know, you get more bang for your buck because you get the joke. Then you get the reaction from the person who was made fun of. Then you get the audience. And, like, if you match all those things up right, you get the joke, reaction, boom. You have, you're laughing at, like, four things at once. So mm. I think going in and doing the surgery to that probably benefits the show. But still, I think that's too long of a turnover a week. Mm. It should be, like, the next night or something. They could do that. Kill Tony's another show that works best in that little room. Yeah. Like, it's, it's great in the big room, but it's... 
it's just not as good. We're There's getting like better at it though. Right? We've been doing every other Monday in the Especially, main room, and mm. it's getting like big and Especially fun and cool. We got you know Pat Reagan and Jeremiah Watkins, Joel, Joel Menez. So it just has a different feeling when you do the bigger one. It's getting bigger and better. We're getting better at it. So you so, like it, but what do you prefer? It gets, it, really, honestly, I sort of like what we're doing right now. We really should just take over Mondays in the main room and commit to it and have special ones, you know, like a you know, chill one, be in the belly room once in a while, just a throwback episode, because I'm starting to fall in love with the main room. And I yeah. think that if we keep doing it there, it's just going to keep getting bigger. And mm. to have the chance of having 400 people every Monday at 8 p.m., like have it be like a fuck Mondays show pretty much, which it's sort of turning into. Like we had like... I don't know, 100 people there Over last 100 night. Over 100 last night. Yeah, it was amazing. Now, with Dom Irera the, is the only guest announced. Oh, Dom Irera is perfect. Yeah. That's and, all you need. And mur- just murder the whole time. Do you feel like there's something extra creepy about watching somebody bomb in front of 80 people, though? There's like there's a feeling in the... In the belly room, when someone's eating a plate of shit in the belly room, it's a different feeling. Yeah, you can hear their heartbeat. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's so intimate. It's so fucked up. That, you smell them. Mm-hmm. You smell the fear. You smell their, their insecurities. You see the sweat start to pour yeah. on. Yeah. Boy, did, who the fuck stole that joke? Who, who stole that idea? What? Didn't someone steal the idea? Oh, uh, the Kill Tony? Yeah. Uh, it's... I wouldn't say stolen. I mean, I, we'll see like what happens. But yeah. according to some of our friends in New York, like the guy who's doing it, it's cool and, and, and like wouldn't do that type of thing. Who's that? Ron Bennigan. Bennington? Yeah, it's, Bennington? It's, you know that's him? the Ron and Fez guy. Yeah, yeah. seems very cool. What, yeah. I don't what, know him, though. What that's I've heard, it. though, it's, it's actually a company that just takes a lot of uh, West Coast's ideas, like Roast Battles. They made like a generic version of Roast Battle for the Same East people? Coast. Yeah. And so uh, they're just kind of just... Picking and choosing what you, what they want to steal, and they rebrand it. But you know, I I was upset the first day or so. But like let like like Tony said, let's just see what happens because it's it's once like Big J Okerson and a couple other people are like you know like like I think Ari hit me up and it's like yo just let you know Bennington guy's cool yeah let it die out and I'm like all right you got me hmm because I love those guys so I mean if they're saying that and you know we're basically like but brothers across the country what's sketchy though is because Joe Rogan podcast has been on Sirius so you know for like the last couple of years I don't know if it's on anymore but they used to rebroadcast it and for years we've talked about Kill Tony and the format and stuff and this same show is on the same network so that's a little kind of creepy and we've also, had you know? everybody on the show well yeah. listen you guys have been doing t- Kill Tony for how many years now over three, three years. years yeah everybody knows about it yeah, yeah. it's not a surprise and it's right. an interesting format it's a funny format yeah you know and, and it, in limiting them to a minute it like gives plenty of time for awkwardness but yeah. it doesn't let it get completely out of control and that's the part where they messed up like if they oh, were gonna if they yeah. were gonna if they were gonna take if they were gonna do it that's they made a huge fundamental mistake because they just made it so that the comedian i guess can like just ring a bell at any point which of course these new yorkers you know I think it's hilarious to probably interrupt seven seconds and dang oh I got one for you yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> New York comedy just unstoppable sure anyway what, uh, do you have a problem with New York comedians come on I mean I don't have a problem but like they're, they're you know come on anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about East Coast about. West Coast man Listen, oh I got something for you what's going on what is this the elbows <laughs> hey, the shoulders what are you doing here <laughs> nothing you know they're the best out you're, there are you mocking new york comedians they're the best now you, you seem to be mocking them what 
I started are we going in East LA. Coast, West Coast. I just need to know. Tupac. I just need baby. to know how, where I stand because I'm going to be in uh, East Coast soon and uh, <laughs> in November, and I don't want any issues. I just want to say that I was born in New Jersey. Uh, identify with East Coast in some ways. I, I, Youngstown, I, actually, Ohio. I actually think East Coast comics are nicer and less backstabby and more real. Mm, uh, yeah, go, go move to New York for a year, Brian. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Hmm. You mean they're nice to you when they're in town and want to do your podcast How to weird. promote something? No, no. I just, I, it, I, it's weird because out here it's like you don't really, you know, there's a lot of fake shit. Out well, that is true. Is that this is a climate of fakeness with... Yeah. Uh, auditions and you know meeting producers and all the bullshit that comes with trying to be a working actor in LA mm -hmm. it, t it definitely taints comedy you know there's a lot of people that you all know that are like semi comedians that do like a little stand-up here and there but they never record anything and they occasionally go on the road but really what they do is they work as actors mm -hmm. and then they kind of like dabble in comedy right those are all those are weird fuckers mm -hmm. cuz they're not fully in and so like the way they behave and talk and think is like just a little a shade off it's like a hybrid between an actor and a comedian yeah and they you know i don't know you don't they're like diff them? they're different in new york it's like hey i did 17 sets tonight it's like oh, well that's good well how much do you, how much value are you putting on those 17 sets so what this i did one set at the comedy store and know that this new two minutes works exactly like this and like it's a higher level i don't know man um it depends on how much time you're getting you know if you're doing 15 minutes at the comedy store you're it's a it's a decent amount of time one of the problems with those short sets is you're doing like five and seven minute sets and there's a bunch of people doing them those are really hard to get anything weird going they're really hard to like express points of view on things and like elaborate on those points of view and have those points of view tie in with other ridiculous things that you notice in life you don't have enough time you and know, i like, love new york comedians don't get me wrong i'm just hating on this show specifically like what i heard of this show that's like the, the people said where the kill tony ripoff is just a bunch of people ringing the bell immediately and being uh, like yeah they don't even let the, the poor comic even do their first joke so, without them like bashing them because like, they think the it's bell funny to of interrupt of course and, and so like without that tension being built mm -hmm. over 60 seconds you don't know whether you like them whether you hate them you just know that this you know person on the panel is just being annoying. Well, when I ever, when I do your show, it's always this weird combination of like I uh, try to be funny, but there's part of me that just wants to give like actual advice. It's part of it. It's like a balance of the two. And then part of me wants to like let people know like whatever you're thinking is happening right now, like whatever you think, like this is work. This is this is a mess. Like someone needs to explain this to you that this is all a mess. And like if you just last go through night life, we had people bombing one after the other <laughs> after the other after the other, and you thought that the show was just bombers row, and then finally we go to the bucket one last time, and there was one. You know, this young black guy, twenty-two years old, that's been doing it for five years, fucking destroys. Wrestler. And you're like, holy shit, he's a wrestler. Mm -hmm. He just, moved, he just moved here from New well, York. Well, he's not a wrestler anymore. He was, he went to high school with John Jones. He was wrestled in high school. He wrestled in college, and now he's wow. grown up. And he's a killer. He's coming. 22 well, years old. There's a lot of them out there. Something Shine. David Shine, I think his name was. Now, do you think anybody bombs on purpose? No. Is there anybody that goes out there and purposely on tanks Kill it? Tony? Yeah. There's, no, some, think, there's, a, there's I, been a few trolls. I think people want to do good. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple trolls, but I mean, they don't last a second. I immediately get rid of them. You can't just come on and like plug something. You're done. He'll let like it you a book. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
basically. Yeah, and Coulter. All right, let's bring this bitch home. It's 4.30. Good night, everybody. Uh, Kill Tony on Mondays, Comedy Store, alternating between main room and belly room. Uh, Wednesday, we're both at the Death Squad show at the yeah. Comedy Store. Wednesday night, 8.30. Is that when it starts? 8.30, Burt Kreischer, Christina Pajitsky, Steve Renazizi, George Perez, a bunch of people. Yeah, it's a big-ass show. Big-ass show, you fucks. And then September 29th, Tony and I are at the Palace Theater in Columbus. What did I say, 30th? Oh, yeah, 30th. Don't go the 29th. We won't be there. <laughs> go the 30th. The 30th, we're at the Palace Theater in Columbus. And then the 1st, we're at the Tower Theater in Philadelphia. That's nice. it. You fucks. Red Band on Twitter. Red Band on Instagram. Tony motherfucking Hinchcliffe. I'm touring like crazy. Come see me, please. Like crazy. TonyHinchcliffe.com. And, like and a loony person. We're doing Kill Tony at the Come and Take It Festival, November 18th. Houston, and at the Texas. Podfest. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. September 23rd. All right, folks. We'll be back tomorrow with Andreas Antonopoulos. See ya.